got Sammy Arms back in again. Huge budget with the crypto with uh, <laughs> Governor DeSantos. Thank you for coming back in, man. Absolutely. Always excited to be here, Tommy. And big uh, shout out to Chris, Chris Matos. Kermitz. Kermitz. <laughs> I tried, Chris. I tried. tried. Chris for... Kermitz. Us. I know. I great know. guy. Great it took guy. me a while to get it, too. That, no, it didn't. Nah, that's right. <laughs> you got it right, I got away. right away. <laughs> but, you know, it's a unique Greek name. So it's okay. Did you see that uh, that volcano erupted in Hawaii today? The no. First volcano that started to erupt since '84. Oh. Yeah. What what actually is a volcano? Do you even know? Yeah, it's when it's just a hot spot of magma from the Earth's core that hits a soft spot. And then what makes it erupt? Where like the lava is shooting out of it and all that other stuff. So we we live on a giant steam pot essentially so the earth's core is always trying to like create new magma because our plates this is not what everybody was asking for right but we have plates that converge earth that go into the core that's how like in california the san jose fault or what san andreas fault is literally a piece of land that is going under the earth into our core and that's why california has earthquakes so then that pressure builds on this end and then on some other end, well, that's got to have an exit. So then that magna plumes, finds a weak spot. Um, and that's why like the Hawaii Islands are even a thing. Oh, so like if it's in California, it starts, baba blows up, whatever, but it has to go somewhere. So like the Correct. exhaust would be Hawaii. Correct. I mean, and that's not exactly the term, the but simple, the whole earth yeah. is that, right? Like if you look at from Hawaii to all of America's Pacific coast, it's called the Pacific ring of fire. And those are all tectonic plates where magna comes up. Um, which is funny, totally unrelated, but not really is I was being a nerd in researching Justinian's empire. Who's like the last Roman emperor. And you had what's called Justinian's plague. Uh, but the plague was caused because, uh, there was a lot of famine and the famine happened because, somewhere way across the world a volcano erupted and it put so much ash in the air that it blotted out the sun for like an entire two years almost oh, like wow. a mini ice age correct well it caused a mini ice age wow and none of the food could grow so the first black plague came during justinian's reign in rome it was called justinian's plague and then it came back you know three four hundred years later so then what makes it erupt is just too much just pressure. push out press out and then the lava comes out goes everywhere and then what happens it solidifies like you're making new earth oh, like wow. that's it so that's why if you look at hawaii's islands because the plates move like the point of the lava stays here but the plates above it move so that's why hawaii hawaii is a chain of islands because the plates moving but the lava just keeps coming up in the same spot and when you say plate what do you mean plate tectonic plates and what is that tectonic plates are so there's like Let's just say 10 or 12. My earth science teacher from high school is going to see this and kill me. <laughs> but tectonic plates are literally just floating islands of earth around the earth's core that are either colliding or going above and below each other. Oh, wow. It's supposedly, if you look at Mars, like they say tectonic plates are the, one of the reasons we have water. And it looks like Mars used to have tectonic plate activity. And that's when it, there used to be potential life on mars right is what elon musk would say so the goal is you nuke mars you bring atmosphere to it and hopefully one day if life's able to get on there maybe tectonic plates start moving again or something like that right but um it's interesting 
Because you would have to nuke Mars to get that going again, right? You would nuke Mars with the hope of either creating an atmosphere, creating it, and then right. the atmosphere would create inhabitable life. I don't know if that would make the tectonic plates active, but it's weird. Sci Earth science like that is like crazy. So then do you think that these tectonic plates and the movement of all these little islands moving around are the result of, you know, seven, eight, nine, how many is Graham? Like 11 ice ages that we know of now? Do you think that's what these things floating around are from? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Because I'm actually, like, I'm a creationist. I believe God created the earth. But I also am not tied to, like, the 6,000 years. So it could have been however long. Um, so I think tectonic plates have technically been around for when however long earth's been around. All I know is that apparently if you don't have tectonic plates, you can't have sustainable life. I think that's enough. <laughs> right? Like, I think that's pretty important. Which is weird because you're like, what? But that's why how you have volcanoes under the ocean and stuff. Like, there's more volcanoes under the ocean than there are above the ocean. That we don't even study or look into. And it's only our fucking history. You've never... So you didn't know about tectonic plates? No, I mean, I knew what volcanoes were but not never what a tectonic plate was no I, i've been going down this whole pyramid well path you know really. pangea yeah kind of that's because of tectonic plates so you know we the earth all the continents used to be one and you've seen gifs where yeah. it expands that's the tectonic plate movement so now the tectonic plates moved apart but now they're actually moving together so the atlantic ocean is shrinking and the pacific ocean is growing and so we're eventually all gonna collide again however many freaking million years from now which has happened a gazillion times exactly anyway. and i want to get your opinion because you're into not into this particularly but what do you think it is we we tried to come up with a reason why with all these shootings like the other day i just walmart that you know i pull up tattoo a shooting at walmart they don't even know who the guy is what do you think's causing all this to start? Why are we seeing so many more now than before and, and all that? So one of my favorite things about my gym is the sauna. And the sauna is interesting because you have a men's sauna and a women's sauna. And for some reason, all the guys in the sauna, it's like instant, okay, what deep topic are we talking about today in the sauna? I think it's because it's so miserable in there. Mm -hmm. If you talk about anything, it makes the time go by. So last week, someone was talking about guns and gun laws and stuff i was like oh boy well 15 minutes is gonna go by quick today in the sauna <laughs> and it's kind of a hard it's a hard issue to grasp but i ask basic questions like okay we've always had gun ownership uh we've always had easy access to guns throughout our entire history so but shootings in public schools specifically um which is always a big topic or just now a recent thing and by recent thing, you could even say like the 70s onward. Even if you have a freaking musket, right? Like you could shoot one person in a school, right? Like, or in the 1920s, you still had a Thompson. Like the, the Chicago mafia had Thompson guns, right? And those, you could kill a lot of people. No one was shooting up schools. No one was shooting up schools. No one was shooting up freaking Walmarts. You had your target. There was still like a, a respectful crime, whatever that means. Um, so they contained it. So the question is... It, is it the guns and access to guns? I never think so. I think part of it could be a cultural shift, but that's like such a huge, okay, so what shifted in the culture? You know, some people will blame video games or rap. That's like the, 
top tier like kind of ignorant mindset that you'll hear a politician like oh they're playing call of duty so that's training them to go and shoot up a school if you look at like gamer rates among high schoolers i mean all of them are correct and so then you would argue okay well we should actually see more school shootings compared to the amount that play call of duty so it, it is interesting i think the concept would be what's called um uh What's the so not a social construct, but uh, social cohesion. We're seeing social cohesion breakdown, and you can see that in mental health. You can see that in uh, crime rates in general, right? But if you see crime rates in general, you're going to have spillover effects. Spillover effects are going to be in places where you're like, why would you shoot up a Walmart? You know, why would you shoot? Uh, shooting think- hasn't happened in Publix yet, I don't think, but that's when you know <laughs> that, that's when you going. know something's going. I know, or yeah. like a Wegmans or yeah. whatever the nice grocery stores on the West Coast are, or Whole Foods, right. correct? Like Walmart is shooting. I mean, I walk around Walmart occasionally, I'm like, interesting, I know I might die, <laughs> right? Like, I go in there kind of prepared for death, but Publix, I'm like. No, I feel safe in here. And then you <laughs> and you walk out of Publix, uh, broke as a yeah, <laughs> broke as a drug dealer. That's with no what coke. you're paying for. That's yeah, what you're paying for. To, safety, to, right? To stay alive. That's a business model, I guess. Don't get shot while you're making food. But it, it, it's easy to look at this, you know, happening more and more, and you say, well, are they? Are, is there is there something more behind it to get rid of the guns? You know what I mean? A Walmart manager pulled out a handgun before a routine employee meeting and began firing widely around the break room of Virginia's store killing six people in nation's second high profile mass shooting in four days. The hell? I read an interesting Twitter thread that was about uh, terrorism and they were specifically looking at uh, terrorism or mass shootings in America by Muslims. So Islamic terrorism. And they were like, why did all that stop in 2016? And if you think about it, we haven't had any like what they would call radical Islamic terrorist incidences in the U.S., right, where you have some high-profile Muslim shooting a bunch of people. So what changed in 2016? We still haven't had any today, knock on wood, right? Isn't that kind of weird? Because do you remember in 2012 Mm -hmm. and, like, in that time period? And it's not like terrorist organizations. It's not like ISIS was doing it. We had al-Qaeda before. I mean, since... So there is kind of a... Is it random? Is it planned? And and they get something out of it. There are there are documented cases of federal informants talking to troubled high schoolers on Discord, and essentially being like, "Here's where you can get a gun, right?" And some of them, what's really screwed up, and it, it's been proven, uh, they'll talk to kids with disabilities, right? Who like have autism or have some kind of social disability and they just get them on a forum yeah and that's that's sick like it's pretty sick so what the motive is behind that and i guess you would that's entrapment right would be the right word um also covid spill spill over from covid you know everybody locked down for say a year or longer depending on where you are now you get out you know so the way i kind of look at it is well you know who knows because of all the shenanigans that are played, yeah. but also, you know, that 12 months that people were locked down, that those same murderers, shooters, killers, people that were going to do stuff like this, they didn't change. They just couldn't leave for a year. So now the spillover would happen now 
Whereas this would have happened maybe in 2019 or 2020. It's just happening now instead of then because we were locked down. This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked. Are you the man your father was? Recent studies have shown that men's testosterone levels have dropped substantially since the 1980s at about an average of 1% per year. Think about how old your father was when he was born. For example, if he was 30, your testosterone levels could be 30% lower than his. Low testosterone levels can have all type of health effects on men. It can affect your mood, sex drive, memory, muscle mass loss, you name it. And yes, low testosterone is more common the older you get, but it can affect men at any age. So let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in a discreet packaging with next day delivery. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. So... If you want to test your hormone levels without having to leave your home, visit trylgc.com backslash mscsmedia and get 25% off your test using the code mscsmedia. The link is in the description at the top. This episode is sponsored by westonjohnboshay.com. Even after a decade of exposure to the fashion industry while fully immersed in the modeling world, model and future designer Weston John Boucher still hadn't found clothing that checked every box when it came to look, feel, quality, durability, and price. His solution was to create a menswear brand that would bridge the gap between designer-level pieces and reasonable price points without sacrificing quality. Weston's aim was to provide men who prioritize their health with effortless sophistication and style through simplicity of flattering fits, handsome designs, and amazingly comfortable materials. It's time to elevate your style. Experience obtainable luxury by Weston John Boucher at WestonJohnBoucher.com. Use the code Tommy to save 25% off your first purchase, their largest discount ever. I'll tell you right now, it would give Imperial Armani, Giorgio Armani, Page a run for its money. So go to Weston, W-E-S-T-O-N-J-O-N-B-O-U-C-H-E-R.com. Use the code Tommy, T-O-M-M-Y, and save 25% off. Link is in the description below. I think there's something to that. I think I think uh, COVID also accelerated like social breakdown, which is essentially exactly what you're saying. I think, um, I mean, man, like you, you have people who on both sides, um, really bought into, I still know people, uh, who funny enough, I know people who are huge Trump supporters and still won't leave their house. Really? Yeah. Uh, I know people who love Biden. They won't leave their house either. I'm like, what, what broke in you? So, and that was probably at least 5% of the population. But think about it. If you're on that social media all the time, if you're Googling all the time, and all you see is shot, stick, COVID, like we said the other day, if I say this is brown, if I say it enough times, you're going to say, okay, I guess it's brown. I guess it's not silver or stainless steel. It's brown. Yeah. And I think that's what happened with the people like Howard Stern who still won't leave their house and all that other really? shit. Really? He won't leave his house? Fuck. I mean, he was a germaphobic way before this. And now yeah. this? <laughs> the guy's been locked in for three. What does he care? He got fucking $2 billion from serious. He just got signed again. The question is, is do these circumstances and environments shape who you are or just emphasize who you are? Right. So were these people just weird or crazy or like that beforehand? And then this just emphasizes that. And maybe that's still bad. Okay. So maybe 
you hate people a lot, but you're not going to shoot them. And then you're locked down and now you're going to shoot them. So that's not good. Right. Uh, but probably if you have the mentality of some kind of school shooter, for example, I don't know if COVID is going to affect that mentality. Right. There's obviously something. <clears throat> so what I meant was they were going to do it either way. It's just yeah. it got delayed. Yeah. True. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's a combination of everything. I think there's probably a couple that are setups to make guns look bad. I think a lot of it is a COVID spillover. I think I think that's the majority. I mean, you're talking about killing people, not that that's out of the ordinary anymore. But don't you think you've always had crazy people, even since the beginning of time? I mean, you're at, you, everything's documented now, right? We see it; it's on the news. There weren't as many people back then as there are now, but back then, I'm sure there were crazy people that just like to kill people. I think there's always been. Well, you it's, had it's a human like there's some people that are just crazy. And yeah. I think that I think it's just a spillover from the COVID. Mental health, I mean, is a huge issue. And we don't do anything. And we don't do anything health. about it. We turn the other cheek. But, you know, I don't know. I was reading during COVID funny uh, a guy named Ernst Junger, and he wrote a book. He was he was this World War One uh, veteran on the German side. And he was interesting because his whole perspective essentially is like war is awful. And that's why I love it type deal not like not like oh we should go to war but war embodies certain things that uh, society actually needs just an interesting perspective but his book on pain was literally about pain and it talked about from a philosophical perspective how when you have societies that are comfortable pain becomes exponential so you choose a society certain types of pain that you decide to just siphon out like car accidents right so we've determined that when people die in car accidents we don't care right because we all like driving cars so that's fine that never makes the news if anything there's a car accident on my way here right <laughs> i'm just like ah time for a detour and not even thinking about who died right but then you have certain things that if it's unexpected pain then society loses its mind which was really interesting given covid uh, because now people have this unknown fear, even whatever the percentage is, it's just something that is not uh, controlled. Car accidents are controlled. It's built in our psyche that, okay, car, some people die, whatever. I want to still be able to drive to McDonald's. Unknown virus, I was not prepared for that. That is not within our realm. And so that pain that we traditionally would feel if we were in uh, a society that was less comfortable now becomes exponential when there's an unknown factor right and so i think that happened to the ultimate degree right it was kind of a good time to read that book not even the reason why i read it right i was just curious this writer is an interesting writer his other book was called a storm of steel which is like literally his his diary during i think it was world war one uh which was obviously awful but every chapter is like Hey, I met this guy. Here's his family. Here's his kids. Andy dies. Right. I just finished this book. It's called uh, The War of Art. I believe it's called The War of Art. Uh, Paul, I'm going to kill his name, which is not Don't good. Don't try to pronounce it. I won't. It might be Stephen. I won't try to pronounce it. <laughs> but anyway, but in, in the book, he talks about retention. Um, so, and, and the way he describes it kind of is what you said is so we've lost our instinct because we no longer need instinct anymore. We have all this technology, this, that, the other. And what he was saying was there are still some people that kept their instinct. And within that, the people that lost their instinct got desensitized. 
right? So they don't feel, see things that others do. So like for an example, like your dog, right? When your dog barks and you're like, shut up. Your bar, your dog sees things that you can't because it never got desensitized. It never lost its instinct. So I think a lot of this shit is that people want to be told what to do rather than think, use instinct, and react based on instinct. Now you go to the doctor. Now you put on the news. You want to be told, can I go outside today? Do What do I take? Not, you know, hey, doc, I don't feel good. What do you think? Go research it and think for yourself. We're at that state where we want to be told what to do. So then in the book, it's a fight always between ego and retention. So say you sit down to write a paper, right, for whatever you got to do. And everybody's looking at you like, why is he so quiet? Why, why does he just sit at that desk for eight hours straight? That's, the, that's you fighting off the retention of people trying to get you out of your way, like when you go down to write, you know what I mean? So the whole book's about that. It's really interesting. I'm probably mangling how to describe it, but. No, so I think about that all the time. Are you familiar with the, the middle IQ trap yeah. So, you know, you've seen the meme where someone's like low IQ. I love gummy bears. And then the middle IQ is like <laughs> gummy bears suck. They're bad for you. And then the high IQ genius is like, actually, gummy bears are awesome. Right. But I think that's because the low IQ person, whatever that means, is doesn't have the intelligence to where their gut, their instinct controls their life which can be great in one sense, but that's when people act impulsively. But your gut is like this evolutionary genetic history of, hey, maybe you shouldn't eat that, right? Maybe this person's giving you a weird vibe because you have a whole human lineage of people who give you this vibe who try to kill you. So you get just enough IQ to where you're like, oh, let me ignore that. That's all BS. And those are the people who are the followers. And then the high IQ is like, oh, well, I'm aware of my instinct and that it's smart, but then I also have the ability to not just follow it blindly, right? I think about that all the time. I think I'm on the low IQ thing. I think I'm just a pure gut instinct. I'm like, which maybe that's a humble brag that I'm not middle IQ. So I just tell people I'm like 80 or 90 or something. I'm like, yeah, I'm in it. Yeah. Uh, I talked about this with uh, David Ike, who's another just blow your mind and uh about that book and the retention and the ego and all that shit and the best example he gave to describe it was i don't know if you were ever with a girl or just somebody for me it was a girl so i was with a girl for a long time and whenever we would go somewhere she would just know she'd be like don't talk to him it's not good or we i'd be like look we got to go here tonight she goes tommy i got a bad feeling not tonight and every fucking time maybe it didn't happen that night but that guy somehow did something stupid or we went to the place and it ended up being a shit show. Mm-hmm. They had aura. Yeah, She had aura that I didn't have that other people didn't have. When we would go somewhere, it was like she just had that feeling and would listen to it. You ever been around somebody like that? Just like, hey, Sam, it's not a good idea. Yeah, And you're like, shut up. You're, you worry too much. But really, they're following their instinct. They just don't know it subconsciously. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. That's what the whole book is said right and not like a peanut brain like me over here that's probably two <laughs> <laughs> that means you're hella smart oh yeah i'm on the low iq end. that's good i don't i don't know what to do because i think about that all the time and i even in some of my business stuff that i'm doing i'll have people who just tell me i don't have a good feeling about this and i have to think okay let me take their instinct seriously 
but I still have to isolate that individual person and be like, okay, well, given their background, what is setting them off? And that's where it gets hard, where it's like, okay, what is the individual's background with whatever they're sensing instinctively? Because I've been wrong about my instincts before. Uh, I've judged people, and then I'm like, oh, actually is a cool guy. But then normally I haven't maintained a relationship with them to where it could bite me in the ass. So, you know, for what it's worth, maybe that's not the best anecdote. But I definitely, I do kind of believe judging a book by its cover, right, which is don't judge a book by its cover, but I'm like, no, like the cover tells you a lot, right? If it's a shitty cover, if it's worn out, right, whatever, or if it's too pristine and clean looking, right? Like there's definitely some science to trusting a book by its cover, but you know, sometimes you can be proven wrong. I still haven't figured it out. So with the book by the cover thing, I think you make, you make it a judgment by it, but then you research it to verify your judgment. Yeah whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Because how many times have we been around people with sandals and a ripped shirt on, and you're like, Jesus, this guy needs a shower. Next thing you know, the guy's a billionaire, you know? Yeah. Many times, right? You know, so, and if you judge by the cover, that's a billionaire that you could have just maybe got a free dinner from. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing with the all these high-tech CEOs, but what's funny is, like, the Zuckerbergs, the Gates, even um, uh, Buffett, who drives an old beat-up car, they're told to do that by a marketing firm. Even the uh, FTX guy, Sam Bagman Fried, um, looked like a slob on stage next to everybody. And you think, wow, is that like when you reach the ultimate tier of money, you can just dress how you want? But no, sometimes it turns out it's like, oh, it's he's a, a scumbag. <laughs> he's a scumbag and it's a marketing play. Yeah. Because now if Warren Buffett shows up in a Camry, you don't look at Warren Buffett as the 20 gazillion billionaire. You look right. at Warren Buffett as, well, I have a nice car with him. Shit. I'll talk to him. But really, he's just coming to snake you. What's the new word now? That gaslight you. Gaslight you. Yeah, yeah. Don't gaslight me. People start saying gaslight. What the fuck is gaslight? Gaslight. I mean, I know now, but true. But like three months ago, I started hearing. I'm like, what is this? Is this uh? What's the thing? Now the the new one, psyop. Right? You're familiar with psyop? No. Is that psyop means psychological operation? Um, what the hell? Like what the CIA and all those people do? Like the like MK Ultra or whatever. Like it's called a psyop. So what was the word before that? What was it like? Psy Browns and now it mind mind fuck. Going back in history. Now, did you see that? I know you probably. I know you. So Apple is talking about taking Twitter off of the App Store. That would be insane. They do. I remember that being called for. They were talking about it all this morning. That's interesting how that's gained momentum, and then the next would be Google. Um, yeah. It's interesting how controlling media now is like the billionaire play. Because Amazon, Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, yeah. and he went hard, hard against Elon and Twitter, not only because of um, his own space company, what's it called, Blue Origin. So he hates Elon for that. Uh, but now it's like Elon's got the most popular media tool, right? Like, just by far, like Twitter is where you might go to read an excerpt of the Washington Post or you read what the reporter from the Washington Why Post is Why is even... Twitter so popular? I don't know. I think it's the scrolling. It's just scrolling. fun. Yeah. It's super creative. I mean, I think they nailed it originally with just the simplicity in the characters. So you have those threads that keep you hooked. I mean, Facebook's just a bunch of boomers, right? If not worse. Um, Twitter... Twitter's interesting because it's a direct connector to some of the more underworlds of the internet. So 
between Twitter, Reddit, and 4chan, like a lot of original content's created. Well, if Apple takes that off, then you know Google's going to take it off. And now what happens is no matter who buys what or who has what, they they control everything. So then either people go all the way away from it, which they won't, I don't think, or an app comes along that's not censored, boom, out of the app store, out of the thing. I don't think they will. I think it's too blatant. And, like, they're fine deplatforming individuals like a Kanye or an Alex Jones. That's kind of easy because everyone can go along with one person because, hey, it's not me. I don't think they'll do it to Twitter. They'll find other ways around it. They'll either make some kind of weird policy that says if Twitter wants to be on an app store, they actually have to follow this list of demands and maybe they'll cave. Um, I remember on Telegram, I was in some group chats on Telegram, and if it was on my phone, if it was on my iPhone, I couldn't see it anymore. But if I was on my computer, I could see it. So Apple was able to figure out and search through Telegram what chats you could see and what chats you couldn't. But Apple's supposedly not. They're supposed to be so fucking secure, right? Correct. Oh, uh, would you allow to track? Yeah, I don't want them to track, but you're going to track me. Correct. You dirty motherfuckers. So there's so many ways to care. Like, that's just too obvious to ban it. I don't... Do they give a shit? Well, and so that would be... What will be interesting is if they don't give a shit, then they know they don't have to hide anything anymore, and they'll just jump the gun on other things, too. So maybe they're testing it out by throwing it out it could there be in the a news. Shit test. shit test to see how people react. Still, and if Twitter's it's not that the most bad. popular. No one's using Facebook. Facebook's dying. The only competitor, it's not Instagram, it's TikTok. TikTok yeah. yeah. And TikTok's owned by China. So you literally have Twitter, TikTok. And Reddit. Reddit's the biggest of them all. Correct. Reddit's huge. No one's bigger than Reddit. But even Reddit, the problem with Reddit is it's not scrollable. Right. Yeah. So the well, with Reddit is the biggest platform in the world, and if you point it, you know, you get the most gain. But like you said, it's it's been around forever. You know, there's no robots on there because you need karma to be in population. You're in solitary confinement until they say you're not a robot, which makes it awesome because there's no robots. You can't cheat on there. You know. So you have Reddit, but like you said, it's not that easy scroll thing like Facebook is or Instagram or especially Twitter. So you're right. You would have left fucking Reddit, which people you would actually have to look and do more than just go. Well, like Reddit this. they still ban pages too. <clears throat> yeah. So then you would have Twitter, or no? What would you have? You'd have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, TikTok. Everybody would just go to TikTok, and that would really be bad. You saw the thing with China, uh, with the whole COVID going on again over there now, and they're yep. shutting down, and people are actually protesting i guess in china which i don't know if i'd do that over there they'll kill you well, apple's but, fucked but apple yeah they they're, closed that they're whole closing thing. it down now the phones it's it's a shit show over there boy the china stuff's interesting because i've heard i've heard that a lot of the protests they may say are related to covid but some of them and some of the lockdowns have been in parts of china where there are large political factions that do not get along with the ccp mm. So it's all displayed as COVID lockdowns, but it's actually purely political. And of course, it's even surprising and weird that you're even seeing the 
protests. So I'm sure all that will go quiet here soon enough. And for all I know, there will continue to be protests, but you won't even know. Know about it? Yeah. Yeah, that makes. I'm sure it's political. Uh, it's just another diversion to pile on top of the pile on top of the pile. Mm-hmm. Pull up uh, that Twitter from uh, about uh, uh, Kanye. He was down here for Thanksgiving. Kanye was? Yeah, he uh, said Mar-a-Lago. It he said it was over at Mar-a-Lago. Oh, that, <laughs> oh, that thing. My wife is out here fucking a white boy with a 10-inch penis, <laughs> and you won't help me? My wife is out here fucking, what's he just said, over and over? And you telling me that's your friend, but you're supposed to be culture? Wait, this is, so he said that to Trump at the dinner? Uh, that they went to? I guess. Seems like it. Could you imagine being Pete Davidson right now and just feeling like the man? He gets whatever girl he wants, that man. I don't know. Ariana Grande. Be bigger than 10 I personally, I can't stand Pete Davidson. And I think the whole thing, to use the God word, was him. a psyop when he, because oh, yeah. what was weird is. It was for a TV show. Well, you can see when it's all planned. Pete Davidson dates Kim Kardashian, and then he has a star on SNL, and then I see him in all these commercials. So whatever he did, as someone was like, okay, it's time for the Pete Davidson show. He's accepted into whatever this echelon is, so he got everything. So I almost viewed the whole Kim Kardashian thing as whoever these handlers are that control like a lot of these pop stars. They're like, okay, he's in the in crowd now. Here you go. And he's and, gotten it. And also, Ryan Seacrest is running their show. It's over a decade long. You got to keep coming up with stories. Yep. Here comes Pete. Boom. Yep. Here comes Pete on Saturday Night Live. Boom. Here comes Pete with a mental breakdown because he's around Chris Jenner. He did, did he have a mental yeah, breakdown? Yeah, he smashed the coffee machine, punched the van. Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah. So I, what was his fall from grace? Is he still with Kim? No. He's not, right? No. no. He's with some other hot chick. He's with some other, you know, 20. But he had mental issues before and drug issues I, before. I think he's got a 12-inch soft. I don't know. That's just me. I'm sure. <laughs> Would you, could you do some research and, <laughs> yeah, and find out for us, Rob? Yeah. Uh, our, our research shows uh, at least 10. At least and, 10. At least 10. <laughs> and he's Caucasian. Yeah. So he, he really got lucky. And I'm not being racist. It's just uh You know, fact. there's like this rule I always joke about where it's like, <laughs> okay, if you're a politician and your nudes get leaked, if you're hot, then like doesn't matter. Yep. It was like Melania Trump's nudes got leaked. It's like, oh, no, she's hot. Right. What if it was Trump? If it was Donald Trump's oh, penis, yeah, you don't want to dead. See that. But like, like even with <laughs> Pete Davidson, you don't see that. I know it's like with Pete Davidson. It's like this man with a ten-inch dick. It's like, oh no, you got me, All right? Like, it's just so funny. So Kanye's obviously not uh, super stable either. But once again, that seems like the norm, right? I think I think he's super smart. I, I think his his mind just is going too fast for his mouth, and I just I don't think he knows how to talk like to how to talk out. I don't think he knows how to act, and I think uh, he also has you know everything he does is under a microscope. You know what I mean? Everything that man does. I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't do stupid ass crazy no. stuff, but I do think he's extremely smart, extremely smart. The Kanye arc is interesting. Just because to have seen, you know, because he really got his stardom in what the early two thousands. Yeah, right when right when he came out with that album, when his jaw was wired shut. Yes, you know, he was really on point then. And then it seems like two or three after that, when he moved with uh, who did he go with? What uh, record company did he go with? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. Whoever he ended up signing with, 
It was Jay-Z. The one with Jay-Z. Oh, was it? Okay. That's when he started to get, it seemed like things were starting to get a little odd. And then hmm. uh, Amber Rose, is it Amber Rose he was dating for a while? The bald-headed girl? Mm-hmm. That kind of set him off a little bit. And then uh, Kim just, <laughs> Kim just. Well, that, that's like the whole thing now. And I don't know the full story on it. I, I was talking to my buddy about it today. The Balencia. You guys know? Oh, that what, commercial! Yeah, what's going on behind that? That's a oh, big yeah. deal. That's weird about that. And now they're they're suing the company, acting like they didn't know anything. Yeah. And Kim Kim Kardashian she came out. Speak, well, she didn't speak out right away. They said, and now 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 she is. Now now, she is. Yeah, now she's well, saying I have okay. to rethink this, and I have to rethink my partnership, and blah blah blah. Even though her ink, I'm sure, is signed on a nice hefty contract. And I mean, I, what I don't ever understand is, you know, with the whole, they're, you know, they're saying it's child pedophilia all that different stuff i don't know i don't know i can't speak too much but I, I don't know about it i didn't research it much but there's stuff that's just wrong how could you not speak up about it like there's stuff in life that's just wrong right great right? it's just <laughs> yeah. wrong great, like man. complete wrong straight great because you're gonna go down now with the fucking ship they won't go down i think chris no. jenner's the fucking devil the, the the devil itself walking there's not one guy that's been in that family that didn't leave nuts Tristan Thompson won a championship with Miami. Fucking starts dating uh, Chloe. Where's he at? Yeah, Where'd I mean, he go? Just, what happened to know. him? It's a good question. <laughs> Fucking, um, I mean, we can just go through the Courtney. list. I always like Courtney. Did, uh, Scott Disick, I mean, he's been on a bender for 10 years. You yeah. know what I mean? On and off. Then you got Lamar. You know, we all know what happened with Lamar. I mean, can you name one person that any of them dated that didn't Reggie go crazy? Bush. Reggie Bush, his career went downhill. Reggie Bush, you don't even hear about him. Yeah. I think it's all, and who knows the behind the scenes, but some of this stuff is the Kardashians are painted as the prize, right? And you get the prize, but you don't realize what comes attached <laughs> to that, yeah. right? And yeah. that's so true. I mean, Kanye, I mean, that's the epitome of Kanye. He got Kim Kardashian. And you have to think to yourself, okay, he seems genuine when he says, oh, I love my kids, I love my family, I want to be with my kids. But I'm like, okay, but did you know who you were? You dated someone because of the status and the prize. Like, you're not telling me there, there's no one else you couldn't have dated and married and had kids with. Maybe. So it's a status symbol, right? Maybe, it's a status, maybe, yeah. maybe not. But that's the price. But you don't know if it was a status symbol. Well, how is that not? I mean, yeah. saying you're having sex with Kim Kardashian and now she's carrying your children and, like... Even if she gives him hell, those are his genes, right? Walking around like those are his kids, right? True. So that's the ultimate. Like Kanye could die; he's got kids with Kim Kardashian, right? So, but that's the price you pay. So now the price he's paying is whatever's going on now, and same with all the other people. So Icarus flying too close to the sun, yeah. <laughs> and apparently the Kardashian family's the sun. I don't know if I like this mythology anymore. <laughs> I don't know what. I uh, I don't know. All I know is Ryan Seacrest's pockets are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Spotify bought her out. You know what? No, who? Kim? Yeah. Bought what out? Her. Her, like, brand? So, yeah. Her name? Yeah. So, like, for, like, audio or video or whatever. So, like, Rogan, Spotify exclusive. Me, Spotify exclusive. Uh, some girls, Spotify. You know, it's exclusive, exclusive. She's Spotify. That's crazy. What so, a win. So, Kim Kardashian... A Spotify whatever exclusive. show, a a Spotify show, not exclusive. A Spotify show, which means they bought her out for her show. Does that? This episode is brought to you by Fiji. 
more than just water. This is not just rock. It's ancient volcanic rock that filters tropical rain, giving it double the electrolytes and its signature soft, smooth taste. It's not just water. It's Fiji water. This podcast is brought to you by Monster Energy. Tear into a can of the meanest energy drink on the planet, Monster Energy. It's the ideal combo of the right ingredients in the right proportion to deliver a big bad buzz that only Monster can. Monster packs a powerful punch, has a smooth, easy drinking flavor. Athletes, musicians, co-eds, road warriors, metalheads, geeks, hipsters, and bikers dig it. You will too. Monster Energy is more than just the green OG. Monster has Monster Ultra, Juice Monster, Monster Hydro, Rehab Monster, Dragon Tea, Monster Max, Muscle Monster, and many more. Buy on Amazon, buy on Walmart, or go to monsterenergy.com and believe me, you'll find a place. Unleash the beast, Monster Energy. Mean like keeping up with the Kardashians is Spotify? No, no, it, it just means as far as like a podcast. Or if she wants to do anything. Anything podcast-ish has to be only Spotify. Does that also involve like, oh, I want to make TikToks and stuff like that? Yeah, she probably can't do TikTok. That's so interesting. That's a smart move on their part. I wonder what they paid. You can't find that out? No, they, they hide the number. They, they are so insane about what they pay. It's nuts. Really? I mean- you maybe try to Google yeah, it, see if we can find it. But I was thinking about the the other day. Whatever comes up on Google, you want to multiply that by four. The Spotify. So I have Spotify. I love Spotify. Um, do they have a monopoly on that market? I'm trying to think of how you would replace a Spotify. Like I get YouTube's trying to do YouTube Red. I hate YouTube Red. No one wants to use YouTube Red. Apple Music. I don't like it. Right. Spotify is just awesome. I like it. It's easy. It's simple. The more you use it, the more you're attached because you have your playlist and stuff like that. I wonder how you get rid of a Spotify. All it says here is she re- she uh, releases her first Spotify exclusive podcast. Yeah, but she's not she's not exclusive anymore. Try it on Google. Try on uh, like go to Google and try to search it rather than Brave. Put in uh, how much did uh, how much did Spotify pay Kim Kardashian? What a simple signature she has. That's actually a very pretty signature. I bet you can't do that 10 times exactly like that. I bet you she can. I bet you of the 10 things she can do, one of them <laughs> is that signature. Maybe that's why it's so small. <laughs> she could have just went like this, right? You yeah. I mean? But, uh, yeah, they bought her out. So when I had talked to uh, the handler for the exclusive shit, he said in 23 they're doing an overall because they bought Megaphone. They bought. They acquired like $50 billion, more than they're worth in um acquisitions so and i see them starting to slowly implement it so i i think within the next two years that that will be above uh youtube because they don't censor you know they just put it i mean they well they, now they have the videos you can watch the video yeah now anybody could put up video before you had to be exclusive now anybody can you could talk politics you could talk biden trump you can talk whatever you want and they're not going to knock you off says you know it, what i mean says it's unclear but it's over 100 million dollars okay which, so she I mean, got she got 500 a lot. she got at least 500 cuz they she got four or five times whatever that says for sure got it so wow. half a billion half a billion probably probably more probably, more. probably a year probably more yeah i bet more probably a shit ton have you been drinking lately? <laughs> Maybe pull, I should be. You pull, I thought you would, but you can pull up uh, tab four. 
with the FTX and everything. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it just goes on and on with this, Sam. So the FTX thing. Everything got hit. Yes. Uh, And seeing what really Uh, hurts me is. One before that, Rob. Seeing Tom Brady get hurt through this. Because I, I like Tom Brady. $473 million, Sam. I thought it couldn't get hacked, Sam. Wait, hold on. He... Oh, that's not the blockchain getting hacked. Get out of here. Well, what that's is That's the this? exchange getting hacked. Okay, so break this down for me. Yeah. Because we've tried to have other people break it down. And... Who, on the show or yeah. just personally? On the show. I know, right? Didn't we? No, not FTX. but Oh, maybe I'll save it for you. Okay. <laughs> break this shit down for me. Scroll down, Rob. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, Rob, read a little bit of that, and let's have Sam... Uh, Cryptocurrency exchange FTX, which filed for bankruptcy <laughs> Friday, is investigating whether crypto assets were stolen and has moved all its digital assets offline. All right, so that sentence right there, Sam. I'm going to ask you a question. Yep. All right. Filed for bankruptcy, right? Yep. So this money, or this crypto, right, it disappeared. They filed for bankruptcy, but they... Nothing disappears. So where, where, what happened? Where did this go? So if you recall the last time I was on here talking about Bitcoin, everything's about your private key, mm-hmm. right? And so let me rehash. Your private key is like a P.O. box. So when you buy your Bitcoin on an exchange, right, you put it in a wallet. That wallet has a public key and a private key. The public key is the address that anyone can insert anything in your P.O. box. Mm-hmm. But to get access to the crypto, you need that private key. That private key is normally, you know, a bunch of letters and numbers in a language called SHA-256. But so us humans don't have to remember that. That phrase is translated normally anywhere from 12 to 24 words. So you get a crypto wallet, you write down your 12 to 24 words, and as long as I have those, I have access to my crypto, right? So I can throw this in the river, I can completely destroy my computer, But if I have those 12 to 24 words, I can get into that P.O. box. Okay, so here's the difference, right? So the saying is, my keys, my coins. On an exchange, when you make a Coinbase account, you will notice you're never prompted to, like, write down your 12 to 24 words. Why? Because you don't have the key. The exchange has the key. It's all in the exchange vault. So the exchanges are easy to access. They're easy to buy crypto. But until you take it off that exchange, they have the key. Like a Robinhood or no? Is yes. That, okay. A lot like a Robinhood. Correct. So FTX was the epitome of that. Um, but a lot of these exchanges do this. Not all of them, but a lot. Where, like Coinbase, if I have Bitcoin being held on Coinbase right now, I, I if my Coinbase account gets hacked, like it's gone right if i forget my coinbase password and i don't remember it well i have to ask coinbase to give me access i don't have access to my bitcoin right because coinbase the company has a vault which they own the private key to which is what makes this really interesting when it comes to legislation because the big question when celsius went bankrupt and now when ftx went bankrupt is who owns the assets oh shit celsius went bankrupt too oh yeah way back when i didn't even know that yeah like six eight months ago did Um, you know that no, not, so, not that Celsius. Oh. No, not the drink. Oh, I'm not the, the drink, drink, the exchange. Oh, okay, there is okay, a Celsius okay. exchange, and they were based out of Tampa, FTX, and Miami, so we'll go Florida. Oh, I apologize. Um, so the question is, it's just like a bank. Does If you go to the bank and you say, give me $10,000, they're going to ask you why, right? They're going to ask you, well, actually, maybe we can't give it all to you right now, right? 
So whose money is it? Is it your money or is it the banks? Well, frankly, it's the banks, right? So crypto's created to say, screw that, you earned this, it's your money. But humans always prefer ease and comfort, and I could even say centralization over anything else. So human nature dictates that we follow the same pattern. That same pattern is a crypto exchange that holds your Bitcoin, that technically, and through some legal definitions, maybe not actually be your Bitcoin, even though that's antithetical to what this stuff is. So FTX files for bankruptcy, the assets were stolen, which is a whole nother rabbit hole because FTX was also tied. So I just, hopefully I explained that. Now I'm gonna go down another rabbit hole. Is that okay? The exchange, yep, yep. Um, so most exchanges don't keep your Bitcoin on there, right? Case in point, always have it on like a, a ledger where you have to write down these words. As long as you have to write down words, you know you're good, right? So that's what you can remember. Um, so FTX, really just an ingenious fraud operation. So the founding of FTX is weird. The business practices are weird. What I can tell you, and this is not like Sam's hindsight, I remember a year ago hearing about what was called the FTX mafia. So... This is what I like to call the cost of adoption. So people in crypto are always like, we need adoption. We need more people involved in Bitcoin, in crypto, in blockchain. So we want to spread it to the masses. Well, in 2020 till 2022, the big wave of adoption was in finance and Wall Street. And I used to always tell these people, I'm like, congratulations, adoption's about to happen, but it's about to be Wall Street adoption, which sure drives up the value but brings wall street practices with it and sam bankman fried was the epitome of wall street practices where you were incredibly aggressive so i knew some of this beforehand um just through buddies of mine but what has come to light is what ftx would do is ftx was tied to a hedge fund called alameda and alameda did all kinds of supposedly high frequency trading and arbitrage and stuff like that. But Almeida was an investment arm. And what Almeida would do is they would say, we're going to invest in your company, right? We're going to give you, let's say $10 million, but one, you have to use our token, which was either FTT or Solana, right? Those were FTT was the internal token to FTX. And then Solana was the external token right that is that like another like ethereum exactly lithium, same type of thing and solana was supposed to be this ethereum killer or whatever i heard a lot of people say solana was bs that it wasn't even really a blockchain most of that stuff is probably true but i viewed solana as a bet on sam bankman's aggressive wall street practices in the crypto realm so if you would have asked me a year ago i would have been like solana will probably do pretty well because i thought he was just going to keep getting away with being aggressive right um which i think he he very well could have obviously he he lost his marble so almeida almeida would say we're going to invest 10 million dollars in your company but you either have to hold it in our tokens oh but also you have to hold those tokens on ftx on the exchange on the exchange which given our conversation just now meant that company did not have custody of those funds right so then things get iffy. There's all these bankruptcies going on. Crypto's taking a hit. And Sam makes a very sketchy loan, either from FTX to Almeida or Almeida to FTX, which looked like he used those user funds. Where it gets complicated is Sam used those practices for multiple companies, multiple, multiple companies. 
and multiple hedge funds had left their funds on the FTX exchange. So when FTX went under or started going under, which was started by what looks to be the head of Binance, um, the head of Binance Global, there was like a leak balance sheet of FTX. And this is in one of those timelines um, that I think I sent oh, yeah. you where you can actually see, uh, let's see, no, do another one, next, next. Let's see, is that one it? That might be it, yes. So on November 2nd, documents leaked showing large FTT position in the Almeida silo balance sheet. What that means is uh, this guy CZ, who's the head of Binance, essentially saw that there was going to be some liquidity problems at FTX, right? November 6th is when he essentially says, uh, we're pulling out all of our funding and immediately creates a run at FTX and makes their liquidity problem 10 times worse. He then says, well, FTX actually asked for our help, right? Because of this liquidity crunch that he caused, right? By seeing these leaked balance sheets and says, we might be able to help them out. He gets one look at how bad the books are. He's like, oh, nope, can't do anything. And the whole system just unwinds and starts to collapse. When, when he says we will be conducting a full DD in the coming, what's DD mean? Due diligence. <clears throat> Due diligence. Yeah. And before that, he says he's going to liquidate a quarter of his crypto or whatever. FTT. FTT. Yep. And then November 9th, as a result of corporate due diligence, as well as the latest news reports regarding mishandled customer funds and alleged U.S. agency investigations, we have decided that we will not pursue the potential acquisition of FTX. So easily explained, business partner A is moving funds around illegally, but he can get away with it in the Bernie Madoff style as long as no one's asking for their money back. Uh, business partner B says secretly somehow finds out where the pain points are in business partners A's liquidity, like what money he can't get back immediately. He goes, oh, you're going to go under, so I'm just going to pull my cash out and make you go under right now. That's what CZ does. And then SBF requests to murder. Who's SBF? Sam Bankman free. Sam Bankman So then Freed. Sam Bankman, put business partner A, goes, uh, can you guys bail us out and save us? Mm -hmm. And the CEO of Binance, business partner B, goes, uh, we'll look into it. Let's open up your books. They open up their books and go, man, that's a giant money laundering operation. <laughs> I can't handle that. Uh, so they pull out, and that's when all the drama starts, where it's essentially, okay, FTX is now going under. I see. So the Bahamas freezes it. Then they announce uh, the trading winding down. Then SBF resigns at 4.30 in the morning, Chapter 11. How is this guy still in the Bahamas hanging out? Well, so this gets really weird. So pull up the slide uh, that showed the political donations that was before this. Yes, that one. So Can you blow that up, Rob? It's, uh, Probably no, it's right it. there. Oh, shit. That was the one. Yeah, I just wanted to blow it up, make it full screen. Oh, blow it yeah, up. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll get a full screen. Go ahead, Sam. So Sam was interesting because he was a huge donor. And once again, had you asked me a year ago, I would have told you one of the reasons I'm so bullish on someone like Sam or FTX or Solana, which was tied to all FTX, was that he was aggressive in politics. So he was funding people out the wazoo. He... uh. The first Gen Z candidate um, here in Congress 
uh, was very pro crypto. He's an awesome guy named Maxwell Frost. Um, won his primary handily, and then won the won the general election. Uh, he got a lot of money from FTX and from Sam, right? A lot of politicians did. Of course, at the time, no one knew this was like the fraud operation that it was. So that's why I hate when people look in hindsight and are like, look at all this dirty money people receive. It's like not a lot of these people knew. Was it mainly Democratic or Republican candidates? So I would tell you probably 90, probably 80 to 85 percent were Democratic candidates and the other 15 were Republican. So he did give some to like Mitch McConnell. So what's interesting is like he gave it to what people would consider rhino candidates yeah. to try to get out like Trump MAGA candidates in primaries. And that's what people like McConnell and uh, McCarthy used, right? Money wise, at least supposedly. Um, but most of it went to Democrats, um, it, which you could also think from a strictly political point of view okay the democrats controlled all of congress and the executive right uh so you could argue okay sam was just playing the field right uh also the heads of the sec like gary gensler uh you know who's very close with the elizabeth warren so there's obviously very democratic ties to his field and industry and what would be the benefit to him to give the money to the democrats well, we're about to find out. Mm -hmm. So he's not in jail yet, right? Uh, the media New York Times articles have been extremely soft. Uh, the fact that he's not in jail yet yeah, for crazy. one of the large, largest right, fraud operations, I mean, that's the benefit, right? And that's a pretty nice benefit. Um, and that's why I'm like, he, he played the game exactly how you're supposed to play it. Now, the question is, how long will that go on? Will he actually be punished? You know, what's funny is they could just use this as an excuse to regulate the crypto industry to say we need to prevent this from happening again. But where it gets fishy is this dude's dad and mom had ties to top echelon people in the DNC and Democratic Party uh, working on Democratic campaigns. His dad apparently went to MIT or was close with Gary Gensler, who's the guy at the SEC, who's the one who enforces, right, any kind of securities fraud. Uh, so this is right in his jurisdiction. Clinton, Clinton. This episode is sponsored by Aurora. Do you know what the fastest growing crime in America is? For years, this crime rate has been surging and affecting millions of Americans. I'm talking about identity theft, and there's a new victim every 14 seconds. Yet despite this, those who have had their identity stolen are often shocked when it happens. That's why I'm excited to partner with Aurora, who is sponsoring this video. Aurora is identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, a VPN, password management, and antivirus software all into one easy-to-use app. Their VPN allows you to stay anonymous online by keeping your browsing history and personal information safe and encrypted. Protect you and your family from America's fastest growing crime. Try Aurora for free for two weeks and see if you or anyone in your family's personal information has been compromised. Start your free trial today. Go to aurora.com slash MSCS. The link is in the description below. Right. Um, <laughs> what did you say, Rob? Clinton. I can't hear you over there. <laughs> Clinton. Did you say Obama, too? I think, I think you said Clinton and Obama. So Sorry. it's very interesting. And the reason I'm interested, almost back to our conversation with Apple and Twitter, 
I'm always interested in how blatant people are going to be because the more blatant they are, that's a signal that they feel secure and comfortable. Mm -hmm. So if nothing happens to this guy or if he gets a slap on the wrist or if he's put in jail but doesn't have to go to jail for 10 years or he's put in jail in the Bahamas in a nice island and resort, right? If it's very blatant, they're going to they're signaling that they don't care, they don't need your opinion to matter and they can get away with whatever they want. Right. They know that nothing's going to happen to them. Because where it gets even fishier is all the money we've been giving to Ukraine, allegedly, Ukraine partnered with FTX and was holding cryptocurrency on FTX's balance sheet. So people think that we were our federal government was giving money to Ukraine and then FTX was the money laundering washing machine that it was going through. That's the theory. I don't know if you can actually track that money movement to like a Ukrainian crypto wallet or address or... I still don't know why we're helping out Ukraine to begin with, but good question. I mean, they had plenty of opportunity to be in NATO, and they kept doing their dirty shit, and they're fucking with little kids over there and everything else. So, whatever. Ukraine's an interesting conversation too, but you know, with FTX, and in a sense, it's in the same vein. But it's all, what bets are you making on the establishment, whatever that means, surviving, right? And Sam's bet was well. He comes from very well-connected parents. He has a fund in exchange that, one, were managed by a bunch of 20-year-olds in the Bahamas who were polyamorous, sleeping around together, and essentially didn't do anything. Hmm. So then you have to question, okay, who are their handlers, right? Just like we're talking about with the Kardashians and Kanye. Who are their handlers? Who's really behind the scenes? Um, but then what will be their consequences? Who's the fall guy? I mean, so I just read an article today that was praising Sam's funding of uh covid research but here's right. the thing you look at this guy sam right you look at him yeah okay yeah what does your gut tell you <clears throat> my gut tells me that the democrats got to him and i see george soros name at the top and all i've been hearing for the last month is soros 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 and the other guy at nausea so i think they knew that sam was a smart nerdy geeky guy that lived on the crypto shit or whatever and somebody went to him and they said here look this is what you're gonna do and this is how you're gonna do it and that's what he did and i think worst case scenario maybe they put him on some bullshit island you know for a year just to act like they did something pull up the post article because he did fucking uh brady's in this uh steph curry i know all the all the <laughs> celebrities who promoted it and biden yeah right he was part of it i'm sure um, but I mean, like, look at him, I know. you know, what, what he just wake up and decide I'm going to donate 10% to the Republican, 80%, 90% to the Democrats. I'm going to do that with fucking See, I, a I, billion dollars. You know, that always goes back. I, I have this discussion with my buddy. We talk, we talk daily politics and, um, oh boy, I'm, I'm one that, and it's hard to say this, right? Both parties are corrupt, in my opinion. Yeah. I think there's the leaders of these parties, and I think you have the Democrat and the Republican. Let me get through this, if this makes sense. And, you know, Mitch McConnell, use him for example, using Nancy Pelosi for example. They cause this bickering back and forth, and they hate each other, and they do this, and, and, and it's just to get everybody divided and looking the other way, and I think they're in stuff together. These these Pelosi's of the world, these Mitch McConnell's, they've been in Congress forever. 
and they just keep growing in wealth and wealth and wealth. I think at the end of the day, they're linked together through somehow with this, uh, in my opinion. Um, it's just hard to believe that these they're not related somehow. I think when I don't think that's opinion, I think that's a fact. And I think that's a fact that 95% of Americans agree with. The question is always, what is the avenue? Yeah. Right? Like money needs to move. Yeah. How do you move the money? And how do you move the money in a way that it benefits you, is inconspicuous, or if there's fallout, you can still use? Um, the political betting is always interesting because these are conversations that none of us will ever be on the inside room on. But you have to imagine if you're approached and someone says, we're going to use you for a laundering operation, but we'll protect you. But will they really protect you? <laughs> right. Like a lot of this is signaling. And so it's curious, like, do they protect someone like Sam if he was a victim of their bidding? to show future handlers of theirs that, yeah, we'll get your back. But on the flip side, uh, they've buried people before and people always willingly sign up because they think they'll be treated different. So everyone knows the system's corrupt. No one argues that. Everyone knows that there's kind of this uniparty, as they call it, that has the same agenda that's really not all that different. Um, you know, McConnell and Pelosi, Schumer and McCarthy – go out to dinner together, right? It's yeah. not like they actually hate each other. They play the show. They've known each other for 50 freaking yeah, years, yeah. right? So that's why I don't hate on anybody. Like now it's, okay, who received money from FTX, right? Whether you're a politician, an organization, or who is tied to it, or who were stupid enough to put their money on it. I don't hate on any of these people. A lot of it's this opportunist saying, oh, well, like, I got lucky. I just was never interested in putting money on FTX's exchange. Even though I'm crypto, I always joke that I'm very risk-averse, right? I'm very Bitcoin-heavy. You know, I keep my own private keys on a ledger somewhere around the United States type deal. Um, but that's also because I don't have the time to really... Uh to look at everything. But There's 2,000 different tokens, I don't, right? So the I think they got to do something to him because he, he went too far. You know, when, when you're dealing with a Brady and a Curry, you know, well, they – but who knows? This, this is a question for you, Sam, and it, we talked about it last time you were in here and we're talking about FTX. I understand the exchange. I understand that whole aspect, right? Yep. We're talking about Bitcoin and you're talking about your secret key. You're talking about all this stuff. I, I could just hear my 82-year-old dad on my shoulder talking right now and saying – Gold is gold, right? Gold yep. is something you can physically hold in your hand, and either you have it or you don't have it. Yep. A uh, $100 bill. Now, it could be f f uh, fake, a fake $100 bill, but if it's a real $100 bill, you have the real $100 bill in your hand. I go back, and I know this is a little different, maybe the FTX thing with the Bitcoin. How can you be assured that that is safe till the end of time and that can never be broken into and somebody just can't pull the shutoff switch and it's gone, poof. Yep. How? So one, I'm back up, one, the dollar is just fiat money and it's all going digital. So, and that can all be shut off by the Federal Reserve and when it's a digital dollar, correct. you're gonna have an app on your phone that can literally be shut off. Yep. So that is a reality and correct that, that will happen, right? So the dollar's out. So then we're left with gold and Bitcoin. Gold's great, but how do I 
transport gold? How do I hide gold? You know, it is physical, but also when you think of the barter system, because now we've been so detached from gold, let's say the world ends and I have a bunch of gold bars and I need bread. How do I determine what that bread's valued as and why is gold even valuable, right? Like we had a- But you could say the same thing about Bitcoin. The world Correct. ends, there's no internet, it's useless. You lost all your money. Correct. The difference is, is Bitcoin, as long as there's internet, although they're working on doing radio frequency stuff. <clears throat> yeah, but you're comparing gold to the world ends and there's no internet. Correct. So then you have to compare crypto but to the trans world ends. transportation no would really be my main point. And but you, access. But with, but with the, the majority, crypto, you wouldn't be able to transport anything because there is nothing. At least with the gold, you have something. Yeah, and that's fair. Like in a world end scenario, like if the internet's out... What's interesting about gold is who owns all the gold now? Governments, yeah. right? That's been probably one of the most interesting things that isn't talked about too much is throughout the the last century, gold has been consolidated into government hands, right? Okay, you can get gold at a pawn shop, but um, still you could also argue in some senses that gold is very centralized. But gold is still, uh, it still has the, it's still a store of value, right? So I don't hate on gold. I think people should still own gold. However, the biggest problem to me would just be transportation, which is long it or transit, which it transit and uh, anonymity, right? Because it's also just hard to hide gold, right? Like true value. Like if I want to hide $50 million of gold, where the hell do I hide that? Yeah. If I'm in Colombia and I'm a drug cartel, maybe that's easier. If I'm running from Uncle Sam in Florida, maybe not so easy, right? So it's maybe not a, a money physical question. It's a value and security question. And that's probably where Bitcoin comes in, right? And so I know there's- and I would say this. Yeah. Say we go to war. Sure. Right. Say China does what I think they're going to do. Let's say we step in like idiots and get involved, which we shouldn't. And let's just say they hit the power grid, which is what I think would happen. <clears throat> I don't think China is going to do any war with like us. It would be tech, like a tech war. Yeah. You're right. They hit the power grid. There's no Internet. Yeah. There's no Bitcoin. So what's interesting is if I have that private key, technically it means I couldn't use it in America but if I can get anywhere else with internet or even intranet, I'd be fine, right? So that Bitcoin's still valuable in Argentina, Peru, China, right? Like if China goes to internet warfare against China us. China doesn't even have Bitcoin, do they? They have their no, own they do. coin. No, they so they're creating or going to create their own, but there's still people who transact in Bitcoin in China. Yeah. All right, break down this Bitcoin. Go to the next tab. Now, this is straight Bitcoin that got hit for $47 million. Now, can you explain this one? Yeah. So once again, like fucking exchange. Hackers, man. correct. So do you even need me to explain it? No. Hackers stole more than 7,000 Bitcoin from crypto exchange Binance. So they got a hold of that key, that private key, and that's how they got it. Or they got a hold of those accounts. I guess I guess I just have a hard time, and, and I get everything you say, Sam, and I'm not saying, whoa. I, how, like, we, we sit here and we can say, oh, my phone can never be hacked. The, the, this can, everything... I'm convinced there's not one thing on this earth that can't be hacked or taken. And, yeah, and I mean, how can, the NFTs how can, got hacked like hell. How, the fucking and I, Web3 The, the exchange thing, I understand. I totally understand the exchange. I get yeah. that. But Great Bi job on that. Bitcoin sense. itself. 
how can you be so confident that it can never be hacked <coughs> or you can wake up tomorrow and go, what the fuck? How come I can't get on here? Where, where'd it go? How? So I had an experience where I got a, a hardware wallet that I'm talking to you about and I had a private key and I wrote it down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I plugged it in to do a software update and the thing would not update and I could not get my shit off of it. And I was like flipping out. I'm like my, and I didn't put a lot of my Bitcoin on there. I put just like a test amount cause I was like, I wasn't sure of this brand whatever. And so I was like flipping out. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, is this Bitcoin gone? Right? So I called my friend and they're like, well, did you write down your private key? I was like, yeah. Like, okay. So just buy another hardware wallet, enter in your private key and you're good. So that's what I did. And I was good. Right? So that wallet I no longer needed. And I just transferred all my Bitcoin just by entering in that private key to this new wallet. But say you right? didn't have that friend to call. Well, then I would have just, well, so I should have known that. That's me being stupid, right? So I shouldn't have inherently known, given what I know, that I could have just gotten another hardware wallet. I was just panicking, right, in the time. The friend didn't actually help me. It's not like they gave me some special wallet. I could have gone on Amazon and just gotten a new wallet, <laughs> right? Just in the heat of the moment, you're stupid, right? And I I am like other people. I am stupid, <laughs> right? Um, so... But you're right in the sense that everything is hackable. Even that private key comes down to the risk of, well, someone could steal that from my house. So now it's just back to gold again in the sense where someone could steal that in my house. I could get it written down. I have people who engrave their private keys on steel plates. What the Winklevoss brothers do, apparently, is they have multiple crypto wallets all over the United States in multiple P.O. boxes. And some of them, they have part of their phrase part of their 24 or 12-letter seed phrase in one part of the world and then another part in another part of the world, right? And that is, like, awesome. Like, how the hell you have to... The only one who could get there is if the U.S. just decides, okay, we're going to screw these guys hard and go after it all. But even, for all I know, they got some in Argentina where they have one word in Argentina, you know, whatever. That's ultimate-level security. But even my own... Bitcoin, if someone were to raid a house or, you know, the multiple houses that I might have my keys in and able to put it all together. So then physical location becomes the greatest risk, right? I guess what I'm saying is, can someone, they don't have to break into your house. They don't have to hold you at gunpoint. If it's a private key They can just go into this system. Like, you say China, you say Putin. Whoever is... Like there's a back door. Like who... If I mean, well, we, talk well, about this well we know Putin has a backdoor. Who is this, we know, we who is this puppet? And, and we're, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I really no, yeah, am. yeah. Is there a puppet master? And we're, you guys are, and I say you guys because I'm not invested in it, but are, oh, Bitcoin, and we can't, it can never be hacked, and I have my private key, and if you come to my house, I don't need to go to your house. I don't need to hold you at gunpoint. I am the puppet master, and all I got to do now is boop and doop, switch off. I'm, I'm, I'm really serious. I'm quite, I, so there's always a trade-off between ease and uh comfort and security right so if i have it on my phone you could probably get into it one way or another through sim hacking although you can do anti-sim hacking stuff right and precautions but it because my phone's easy and comfortable uh there's a more likelihood you could get it on that if it's on a hardware wallet there's no way you can get into that unless you have my hardware wallet so if you steal it 
you can get it. But if it's on a hardware wallet, you there's nothing you can do digitally to get to that. What's a hardware right. wallet? Hardware, it's essentially a USB that you have to plug in, right, to then have access to your crypto. So right. then it's equivalent to gold. Correct. Correct. Exactly. In that, in that aspect. Correct. Which is why they do call Bitcoin digital gold. The whole point of Bitcoin was to make a decentralized internet currency, right? Right. So to me, the whole Bitcoin gold debate is more like they're both good. You should own both. You should own both as a bet against uh, fiat dollar. currency, yeah, right, absolutely. in general. Yeah. They're just different. The difference not bad, right? Gold's been around forever, will continue to be around forever. Uh, but gold is different in that it's a physical asset. Like I said, how do you hide $50 million worth of gold in your house, hmm. right? Um, Bitcoin, I can hide $50 million in my house pretty easy. I can write it on a note, put it in my shoe, run halfway across the country, don't go, no one will know it's in a metal detector, and I'll be fine. And then I get my 50 Bitcoin in Thailand, trade it for that Thai currency, and I'm good, right? How do I do that with gold, right? Um, but, so I, but I have the gold. I know I have the gold. I know where the gold came from. The crypto stuff, I, we don't know for sure who is the puppet master. I think anyone, even you, with all due respect, if you sure. don't think there's a puppet master with this kind of money flying around, uh, you, you know, go in the streets for a while. <laughs> and you, you understand in about a month, believe me, when there's this kind of money, there's somebody. I think what's Just interesting. Just my opinion. I think I've, what's interesting open -minded is. Open-minded guy. Most of the time when there's a puppet master, it has value pretty quickly. I mean, you have to remember Bitcoin from 2008 to. You know, 2012 was we were, is pizza slices. So you have to think, well, what's the puppet master's intention? Right. Well, what I think is that the puppet master came in when it went, oh, there's value in this. And then all of a sudden it goes from what? So, what was it, like seven cents and 70 cents? I know my friend bought a fucking $2 million house back then in Tampa, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. He, Good he, friend. Uh, smart friend. <laughs> he got it early. I think he sold it when it went up to maybe like 19 bucks. He got it like seven, when it was in the cents, early on, or like a dollar. What's interesting is uh, like the, the Sam's of the world pump up the value, but Sam's not a puppet master. He's a guy who used it, gave it value, right? Uh, but he still couldn't control it. It's like when, uh, what was the market George Soros was trying to corner? Was it the pound, British pound, or the, I remember people, story of this guy who's trying to corner the silver market like you learn all kinds of things about these commodities which bitcoin's a commodity uh or it's essentially acts like a digital commodity where people try to corner their market right but they always lose that tells me that people try to gain control and try to be a puppet master but as, unless it starts from that point which is what you would have to argue that satoshi nakamoto was a fed and he built in a back door but once again it is open source so the community can view every line of code what makes it unique really is proof of work and understanding how proof of work really secures the bitcoin blockchain which now there's very few proof of work algorithms like ethereum is no longer proof of work like it's just bitcoin so proof of work which is kind of what it comes down to which is the whole bitcoin mining stuff that i've talked about in the past is really what secures it and do you see, I mean, with like any society and how we've seen things grow and 
technology advance in light years really fast that within five years, 10 years, that you may have serious things that it could be hacked as people get smarter and, and delve yes. into stuff that, shit, we do have to watch this. We, this could maybe be hacked now. The thing that can never be hacked, now it can be because it's... Correct. And I, you know, and I say never say never, right? It hasn't been hacked to this day. I've heard quantum computing can hack that, uh, SHA-256, although then you have quant proof code, which is like SHA-512, you know. Fuck right in that. Right? So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, whoever's doing that is going to spend a lot of time. Well, it's already written. I mean, to written. break through it. Correct, yeah. I so, mean, that's, oh, I can't even imagine. You know, it's like anything. Uh, nothing in this world's perfect. Uh, not even gold. Otherwise, we'd be using it right now, right? I mean, there's a reason, supposedly, like we went off the gold system, right? People were generally okay with that. Um, you know, so I am not, I try to be a, a realist as much as possible, right? A lot of people, which I fundamentally disagree with, they essentially make Bitcoin their religion you'll see people who are like bitcoin's gonna make the world peaceful again they look to sound money is what it's called sound money sound money will solve all our problems will generate a new renaissance through sound money they look back in history and they link all these great historical events to sound money and human tragedies to bad money and there's probably some truth to that Money is important but money's like any technology it doesn't rule the world it's just another part of it right bitcoin is not going to stop war we had war on the gold standard right uh and if bitcoin's trying to return to a kind of quasi gold standard you don't think people are going to fight over that right if anything the hope was originally that bitcoin would create create a society for those who are unbanked that's always the popular and, phrase and right correct me if i'm wrong uh satoshi he had originally the thought behind it was an alternative to the dollar that he saw decreasing in the future. That that was the initial, not even just a dollar, and the monetize of it, fiat control. currency in general. <clears throat> yeah. So, and that comes from the cyberpunk movement, which in the '90s viewed, you know, the cyberpunks are anarchists, crypto anarchists, mm -hmm. um, nerds, right? Who essentially just hate banks because they view them as a financial form of control. So they've been trying to figure out a way to create a decentralized currency forever. And Satoshi just goes, oh, well, so their eCash, DigiCash all failed because they were centralized. I made one that was decentralized. Now, right. Sorry, this may be a stretch here. Hit me. Okay. Crypto, Bitcoin, whatever we want to call it, is a way to, you said, give people that may have not been able to that was one of the missions, missions originally originally i don't know if it's true anymore but. could it be the plan of a bigger force we can go down rabbit holes all day long here but a bigger controlling force to say this is now the whole world is the one world go. currency correct and it becomes this socialistic force that just pushes across the entire universe and now there are no rich there are no poor mm. We're all. I never thought about it like socialistic. That. Well, so one. Like okay, mm. so there's a lot of problems with that argument. One, uh, if that's happening, it's not Bitcoin, right? And that's why we're developing a digital dollar. Otherwise, we would have just been like promoting Bitcoin. Mm. That's why China's promoting a digital yuan. 
So Bitcoin's not the answer because these governments know they can't control it. Uh, and two, we both know that no one actually wants some social currency where everyone's equal, right? So even the digital dollar, what's the point of that? They're okay with you being equal to everybody else, but we're not going <laughs> correct, correct? correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if that's what you mean, then yeah, sure. But that's how it's always been. That's always been the avenue, right? Yeah. I'm fine with you people being equal, but I certainly will not be. Um, and even you could argue in Bitcoin, what's interesting to see how that's happening is, once again, people are saying, oh, we love adoption or we want we want it to be spread to the masses. But by the time it's spread to everybody, even Bitcoin ownership is probably going to be consolidated to a select few. And the interesting trend to watch is whether a lot of these Bitcoiners still believe what they believe when they're rich. Right. So is Bitcoin, which is this is me as like a true believer, because I do believe it is going to change and be the next wave of wealth. But is it going to be a next wave of wealth? Is Bitcoin going to be just another avenue for those who don't have power to have power? Just look at history. That's how everything is. And then what do they do with that power? Right. Right now? Jeez. We don't even want to know. <laughs> I know people who... In 2017, when I really started heavily, you know, I decided, okay, this is going to be my career. When Bitcoin went from $1,000 to $20,000, you know, and they call them Bitcoin OGs, which is a term that I'm never a fan of. So stop right there, right? How does something go from 1000 to 20000 without a puppet master? How um, does it do that? That many people just woke up and go, bang, because it happened quick. So it's actually... It, it's not that complicated in the sense that uh, if you look at any adoption curve of any asset, even like the, if you look at the adoption curve of the internet or any technology like iPhones, there's triggers and there's ups and downs. Even with stock prices, I mean, you could argue what makes Amazon, how, look at the Amazon stock flow. And you go, one day people are like, oh, hell yeah, Amazon's it. It's a combination of more people are using it investors see more people using it and they sink big money in it and then things get too hot and then shit fails and so then it went from 20k to 3500 so like right. a, like a, another simple example would be like <clears throat> apple came out with the ipod and you could spin it yeah and then two years later boom you have this amazing iphone yeah right that was just technology <clears throat> that occurred it wasn't a puppet master so correct that's a good point correct uh my one general philosophy is to be very careful about who you think is pulling the strings because it's like the Bush did 9-11 example. Uh, people love to create boogeymen. And sometimes creating boogeymen, it can do a number of things. One, it can make you feel safe because even if someone's evil, you know someone's in control and they can be stopped. As opposed to the other theory of Bush doing 9-11 or whatever the official story is. Oh, there's an official story. Sure. An investigation. And I saw the paperwork. How much of it is actual incompetence? And is it scary to believe that we live in a world that could really just be ruled by a bunch of incompetent people who maybe make the best of a situation once it fails or once it succeeds, right? I don't have any answer to that. But what I know in general is we always try to, even personally with individuals, sometimes you always try to make the enemy, whoever that is, look smarter than they are which sometimes empowers them and emboldens them more than they really are, and you don't realize how weak and brittle they are. What would you call a world that had 3,600 independent engineers 
say that 9-11 was a demolition? And what would you call a world that when you pull up the building plans, they changed every single elevator three weeks before 9-11 and all the elevators were changed three years prior? Yep. What would you call a world that the head of the CIA walks into Bush and Rumsfeld and says, hey, this, the cells are quiet 61 days before. And not Bush, but Rumsfeld says, Rick, not enough information. A legend of the CIA. Yep. What would you call that kind of world? And then you have people taking out insurance policies on the buildings. And then you have people doing deals with flight line air tickets and making bets and arbitrage. Um, so my point of that isn't necessarily to say 9-11 wasn't sketchy. But it's just figuring out, you know, when and where is there a puppet master and is it there all the time? And how much influence do they have? You kind of even see that. I mean, you see that in a lot of scenarios, but that was always one of the questions was COVID too, is what is the goal, right? Cause I can you, tell you the goal. Well, there could be multiple goals, but then like if you take a certain streamline, now you have people who are true believers who, like we were talking about, won't leave their house. Was that part of the goal or is that a byproduct? Because that that minority of people who are still paranoid, who are actually very loud and vocal, are trying to steer the conversation and fearmonger, you know, at one point does that get out of control? Uh, these school shootings, back to that. I mean, you can you can create a society that's starting to dysfunction with the hope of eventually, let's say, enforcing gun laws because you're you're having these school shootings or Walmart shot ups happen, right? That's okay as long as it's not in your neighborhood, but what if that starts to happen in your neighborhood? I remember during some of those Black Lives Matter protests, uh, who is the famous star? There was this guy who was like on Twitter, yeah, burn the neighborhood down, fuck those people. <laughs> and then they come after his neighborhood. And literally yeah. he's like, get these people, where are the cops? Yeah. Right? So. Oh, yeah, the defunded ones. Yeah. The ones that you probably wanted to defund. Correct. Now you want to call them, huh? So it works until it hits your feet. Right? So that's. It's just hard to predict. So anyway, all the way back to Bitcoin, I mean, what'll be interesting is seeing if it becomes the successful asset that I think it will be, how this new group of people who will be politically influential will use it. Because I know people who, when it went from $1,000 to 20000 espoused all these ideas about who they give money to, charities they would start, things that they would change, donate to politicians, and they just f screwed off. And uh, had fun, checked out. You know what it looks like when we step back? And I never st step back like this. It looks like, well, it is, is that politics now have gotten involved in the Bitcoin because it's a sneaky way to move money. Now, now you, you have a problem because now you have political figures that can... How many people went bankrupt all of a sudden? Five, ten? Way more. United States Corporation? Yep. China Corporation? All corporations, boom, bankrupt. That is <clears throat> true of anything. So once again, money moves. Money tries to find avenues to move. And if anything, it speaks to what a solid asset Bitcoin is because what will happen is, like with Wall Street and Wall Street adoption, Wall St so Bitcoin is supposed to be this anti-Wall Street product. But it works and it's a good product with value. So of course Wall Street's going to get into it. And what happens when Wall Street gets into it? They bring the exact same practices yeah. that the product's meant to stop. 
Now, does that make the product bad? No, the mission's still there. I still have access to Bitcoin. They haven't made it like something where I have to go through Fidelity to buy it, right, yet, right? Yeah. So there's still that option. So any good product is going to, so of course, money's, Bitcoin's going to be great for moving money. FTX was, was great for moving money. And now that that's been exposed, Maybe podcasting is going to become a way, you know what I mean? Like there's always a way to move money. Um, and that's always one of the arguments behind, you know, these people say we need to get money out of our elections. We need to get money out of politics. They'll no, just sneak because it. you can't. You can't. Right? They'll just sneak it in. Uh, I love the saying that it's like we don't have corruption here. We just have lobbying. Right. Yeah. And that's absolutely true. That's a nice way to put it. Right. Um, you just change the way money moves. The key is always, I guess, transparency, maybe whatever transparency means, because you can FTX was transparent. <laughs> FTX filed with all the states for their money transmitters and gave their reports. And you can't stop fraud. Right. Yeah. You can't. Because it's fraud. You lie. It doesn't matter what regulation you make. Pull up those slides again to go through. Because uh, I want to ask him about a couple of them. <clears throat> now, how has this affected, like, the mining, the, the mining part of it? Has this had an effect on the mining part of this? So mining, so mining is proof of work, which is really only Bitcoin at this point. So to back up, mining is like when you're mining for gold. It takes real-world energy, real-world electricity costs to mine Bitcoin, right? Which is what makes part of what makes it secure is that it takes physical energy to get a hold of it and transact. It's not just on an Amazon AWS server, right? right? Mining has to be profitable. What's hard in certain parts of America, like Florida, is energy prices have gone up and Bitcoin's price has gone down. So the break-even point for mining a Bitcoin for a giant mining operation has gotten harder. So it's affected the smaller miners. So it's a consolidation phase like anything else. Right. Right. And mining will consolidate over time. So right. your mom and pop, like a mom and pop store, gets killed. Correct. But your big brand, Saks Fifth Avenue, <clears throat> shit like that, that are mining, they, they just write it off as a hit. Correct. Yeah, keep, keep running with it. Correct. So you have miners all over the country that, you know, either are consolidating. But now what's interesting is, you know, one of the benefits of the Wall Streetification is you can use your Bitcoin as collateral to take out a loan, right? So maybe if you're a miner and you know Bitcoin's 15K right now, but it's going to be 60K next year, can I use my Bitcoin to take out a loan and just pay off my expenses with this loan, knowing that I can sell my Bitcoin more in a year? Yeah. Right. Uh, go to the beginning, uh, Rob, of this. All right. Oh, uh, the yeah. Satoshi phrase? Yeah. So that's that email is probably overlooked. And it's one of, probably my favorite saying of his. Um, you will not find a solution to political problems in cryptography but we can win a major battle in the arms race and gain a new territory of freedom for several years. Not eternity, not forever, but for several years. Temporarily, yeah. Yep. Governments are good at cutting off the heads of centrally controlled networks like Napster. That's a great example. But pure P2P networks like, how do you say that? I think it's just Nutella. 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 G's probably silent. Yeah. I wasn't even going to try. <laughs> uh Blank and Tor seem to be holding their own. Yeah, Tor's been around forever. So what's he saying right there? 
essentially everything I've been saying. Um, so just that, once again, it's not a solution to a, a problem. It's an alternative. A, like Bitcoin doesn't change people wanting to kill people. Right. Right. Like that's what I you Bitcoin to its credit has this cult around it. Cults aren't bad. Cults can be good when you're defending a product. Apple has cults, right? Amazon has cults of people who love the product, love the culture. I know people with Apple tattoos. I, I would never get a tattoo of a corporation. <laughs> you have people with Marvel tattoos. I would never get a tattoo of Marvel, but people love that stuff yeah. and they're dedicated. They know Star it. Star Trek, Star Trek. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing Whatever wrong with that, that. And that can help create a good product. So you have people who are passionate about Bitcoin. They say I'm orange pilled and I only vote based on Bitcoin, right? I've been told that a lot, which don't know how you operate because, <laughs> but that's okay. So that's great. That's great in one sense, but Bitcoin does not change human behavior. I mean, you could argue that sound money does actually change human incentives. Uh, and by sound money, I mean, not fiat currency. So I could make the argument that, a lot of the stuff that's coming out of these universities are from like these weird universities things where they're promoting, you know, what is a woman, what is a child, God. stuff like that, weird yeah. kind of stuff. It's from these departments that don't make the university money, right? They're not profitable, but they're funded by the dollar, right? Because we're able to just print dollars and fund these universities. If you can't just print money, all that goes away. So there's something to be said that, of course, sound money will impact a culture and a civilization because you get rid of the excess. Good point. However, once again, that the people who are doing those things because the uh, non-sound money, the fiat dollar allows them to, they'd find another avenue to if the money it. was hard, yeah. if the money was good like Bitcoin. Uh, maybe they wouldn't be so out there. There wouldn't be so many of them. They would be a minority. They wouldn't be in institutions like universities teaching people, right? The dynamic would be different. But those people weren't created because we have bad monetary policy. Those people are... They're, you know, they're created. They just chose the fiat dollar or whatever to do whatever they're doing. So correct. if that isn't there, they'll choose whatever, gold or silver correct. It's or just whatever. like money movement. Yeah. People who want to be corrupt will find a way to be corrupt, right? I think it's the third one, Rod. That one chart... <clears throat> Not the one that we saw. Um, I don't know if we came in. Uh, oh, is it the tax one? The yeah, tax structure yeah, of FTX? Uh, not go go before that because we can't really see that. The one that's not. Yeah, we saw that one here. Yeah. Oh, this was just so. This is documenting. <laughs> this is interesting. This yeah. is documenting his travel. So SBF Sam Bankman Free joins MIT. SBF and Gary, that's Gary Gensler, head of the SEC, meet. Graduates 2014, Gary grad or is it Gary Gensler? Yes, because it would have been MIT, correct? Graduates in 2015. No, Gary's not Gary Gensler. That's got to be someone else. What Gary is that? I actually don't even know. Um, I guess Gary's the co-founder. SBF Gary and Nasheed found dot-com silo. While so you think about who Gary is, so... That Alameda. Alameda, that's the yeah, hedge that, fund. That was a, that's the hedge fund. Yes. Whenever I hear hedge fund, I think, oh, big, boy. Big bucks. Big bucks, yeah. Well, so they apparently got rich off of, um, off of, I think it was Jeez. Bitcoin arbitrage between the prices in, I think, Japan and America. 
So this this all this goes back See, years. What I was thinking of, Tommy. What? Remember that guy I told you? Right there. Look. Oh, clean. I'm a slow sick. And I don't know if Sam maybe knows some blur along the line. Oh, Gary not, Wang. Yeah, it's Gary Wang, the co-founder of Almeida. I'm not gonna mention any names, but um, you're remember, totally remember that guy I told you about that I'm friends with, who has a friend who has all these expensive cars. Yeah, yeah. Crazy yeah. motherfucking cars, like yeah. twenty different cars. He was the one that came up with the uh, card that converts whatever to whatever, sold it to FTX. FTX hired him for six figures to continue to work with them. I wonder if he has anything to do with any of this. Long story short. This is a friend or a friend of a friend? A friend of a friend. And actually, I don't even know the guy, swear to God. (laughs) But he's got, I see him on on Instagram, crazy ass cars. When I'm talking million dollar plus cars and a lot of them. He sold, uh, again, crypto stuff kind of goes over my head a little bit, but uh, basically like a debit card that would say, okay, you have, you know, f- four uh, Bitcoin. Yeah, and you can, and it, it just converts, converts it, to, it cash. to cash and does all that. He sold that to FTX. That tech, yeah. And FTX kept him on board to, to continue to work while paying him six figures. I wonder if he has any connections to yeah i mean that was a big trend once again trying to get adoption is now you have all these like crypto.com you're reaching out to guys like that right and it's like nice okay so i can have dogecoin bitcoin ethereum in my crypto.com wallet i have a card and anytime i swipe the card what it really does is it just tells my bank account sell however much of this token to meet this balance and leaves a footprint yeah, correct. Right. Correct. But that's adoption, right? I want to be able to buy Publix groceries with Bitcoin or Dogecoin. So break this down for me. This is interesting. Look, you got the fucking Dare Act in there. Yeah, <laughs> Meanwhile, so they got Gary's the Dare Gary Act in there. Wang. Meanwhile, they're hustling the shit out of everybody. Gary's Gary Wang, who's, I guess, the mysterious co-founder who's involved with a lot of this stuff. They meet at MIT. So really- His name is probably Gary Smith. <laughs> <laughs> it's just- so the Bahamas passed the Dare Act, which FTX essentially wrote that law, and it's what allowed FTX to operate in the Bahamas. What's interesting is in 2020, I had people telling me that Bahamas was going to be the next crypto capital. Um, well, if they're writing laws, you know, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> well, and so that's kind of the dream for a lot of these people is you find a small country and you have enough money, you buy all the government and you make it your own. So once again, technically what FTX did uh, we've seen happen before. I mean, look up the banana wars in Central America with Dole, right? Um, but here's what blows my mind. So you have July 21, FTX digital market is formed. Mm-hmm. In literally, what, two years or they're back, they're, this happens? You got 20, July 21, mm-hmm. September they announce it. Now they're in headquarters in Miami. Yep. Then they're in Chicago. So in a matter of what, maybe two and a half years at most, no, most maybe even less. It's quick. All that, and what's even crazier is their valuation. <laughs> How quickly they became a multi-billion-dollar company, right? And really, it happened from that twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty-two time period. That's a lot. Yeah. So how does that happen, Sam? Well, we don't know. <clears throat> no, we do. Well, you I'm can saying track like, we investment. Know. You can tra- uh, we you can track who invested in those Series A, Series Bs. Uh, 
he was also a poster child, right? Everyone was like, oh, this is the guy. He knows his stuff. This is a product you got to get in on, right? And so every hedge fund in the world goes, okay, I don't want to lose out. I mean, it's like with Enron, right? It's no. like with, uh, uh, what was the lady who went to jail over the blood samples? She just got sentenced like 11 years. Oh, yeah. What's her name? I, she's, I know who's talking She's got about. crazy eyes. Um, this reminds me more of Enron, though. How yeah, Enron worked. But yeah, I knew a lot of those. How things. many times do we see this happen where you got to invest in it? Well, I don't understand it. Yeah, but you, you got to do it. And then you have a gazillion people that have no idea what they're doing. They don't understand the key. Correct. A lot of them have a lot of money. They think this is a safe place, and then they get fucked. I mean, what's scary is it's not even really that scary. It's just that how normal it is, right? Yeah, I charge pretty wicked. Now, in your opinion, do you think um, do you think we'll hear some big names involved with this that will go down, or do you think it's just going to be? Just like anything else. We've already heard big names. We've already heard plenty of big names um, go down. Yeah. I have no idea. I mean, there's a class action lawsuit. I saw Tom Brady and all the other stars are getting sued. I don't really get how you can sue someone or for advertising for a company that then, like, once again, it's fraud. So they're not honest to anybody, right? Like, how is Tom Brady responsible for not doing his due diligence that's not even available because they're cooking the books and hiding the numbers. So the problem I see here is you would say, well, and he, even I said it until I started, until we started talking thicker about this. So, you know, you think Tom Brady, he's got a gazillion dollars, right? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to give some to the ex, even though yeah. she had more than him, yeah. but, and, uh, Curry and the rest, but the money that they have isn't shit compared to what no. these guys yeah, have. Correct. Not at all. So, Initially, you think, well, you know, they hit Tom Brady, they hit these celebrities, they're going down, but they have way more money. And so they they'll could, be safer than the celebrities. Yeah. yeah. And they could just do a little sneak thing. Hey, Tom, you know, he goes out to his mailbox one day, say they took 20 million, here's 40 million. You know what I mean? Cashes it, never says a word. So do the others. What's a billion to these guys? Nothing. Yeah. They go away. Now you got the celebrities off the table. Sam gets a little uh, mental, you know, he goes into a uh, mental health clinic, me mental health clinic, <laughs> uh, pleads uh, insanity, does six months on a beach and back into life and helps the government supposedly with whatever and goes and lives a happy life and doesn't get whacked or anything else. I mean, look at the guy from WeWork. Did you ever follow that? Yeah. <laughs> knowingly defrauded people <laughs> and then you just become so rich off the fraud you're now an investor and people are like will you please invest in my company <laughs> and i think uh he just had he just landed off of some new project that people are going to invest in you know um i love looking at the history of hedge funds or people who manage hedge funds and you'll just see 500 million failed raised another one 750 failed raised another one 2.5 billion you're like they're growing and they keep failing but he's getting more money each time. Like, man, failing's a good strategy, I guess, if you want to get rich. I went down. I went down this uh, hedge fund, you know, uh, rabbit hole for a while there. Yeah. And every one of them, even Madoff, I think they initially had no bad intentions. I don't. But I don't the think, money gets to you, and you just the, take extra risk. And yeah, you you know, you make you're good at what you do. So initially, there's no fraud, there's no nothing, you're doing the right thing, but then you have piles and piles of people coming at you because, say you come to me, 
Rob comes to me, 10 other people. I know what I'm doing. Bam. I just made you 10 million, him 10 million. I just made people a billion dollars. Now everybody's coming. But that billion I made legit. But now I'm in over my head because now I've taken in 500 different people within my hedge fund. Yep. Now I'm paying Paul to pay Peter. Not at that point. I'm not doing that spitefully. It's just I have all these people and I have to pay out and this didn't come in yet. And then more people and more people are coming and you don't want to turn it down because this guy's got a quarter billion. This guy's got a hundred million. And next thing you know, you're just in over your head and now you're in a Ponzi scheme, you know, subconsciously end up in a Ponzi scheme that you really can't get out of. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess, do you think that some big name politicians, whether, you know, it's a president, an ex-president, a senator, a former senator, that may be involved with this will go down or no, no, not. absolutely not. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no. What I, are you um, thinking, Rob? I, I, I got. What's ask, Rob thinking? I got to ask. I used to <laughs> always. The safest thing you can do if you're a criminal is run for office, yeah. right? Uh, and there are people who have done that, who have been charged and who have run for office one, and it is a way to get immunity. Um, if you are. If you're in the middle of an election and it comes out that you should be in jail, you better double down on that election, buddy, right? And if you win, you're good, right? It's very hard now to, I mean, we see corruption all the time uh, in Congress, corruption, whatever that word means, <laughs> right? Um, are they breaking laws? It, are it, they not? Isn't it more, Sam, now? They make the laws. Who is it? Who is the person? And then we'll decide if it's corruption or not, right? One of my favorite quotes, I think it was G.K. Chesterton. Oh, uh, I read that one. Yeah, in America, you can get all the freedom you can afford, right? <laughs> so true. And it's absolutely true. If you make the laws, man. You... It's it's absolutely true. And, you know... What, what is the best example? Pfizer. They kill millions and millions of people. What happens? They go in, they pay $40 billion, $50 billion, even though they made $500 billion off whatever drug they killed people with. Go back out, change the molecules, kill another fucking 20 million people, back into court again, another $100 billion, back out. How many times have they been in court? Slap on the wrist, fine. I mean, that was always the joke in my beginning crypto days when the Silk Road was still a topic for Bitcoin and people were talking about its use for criminal activity. And then you'd see a headline... Wells Fargo busted for allowing drug cartels to have money in their banks. Pays fine, ten million. And you're like, what? Yeah. Right, ten million dollars. And we're like, and the fraud, the criminal activity for the drug cartels was in the multi millions. It would sometimes be triple what was ever on Silk and Road. And you say to yourself, who's the cartel again? God, great right? question. Yeah, who's, who's the really cart the I cartel? Know. I know. Um, so it is. It's all just, and that's why I was so fascinated and like bullish on this FTX stuff just like in my own mind I'm like man it's corrupt but man he's doing exactly what everyone else is doing he's doing what every bank would do whatever Wall Street financial firms doing he's donating to political campaigns people owe him favors he's making all the right ends right the question every politician has to answer is between loyalty what their own skin in the game is and public perception if you can control public perception and you can kind of make people feel like, oh, well, you shouldn't have put your money there. It's your fault. You're stupid, right? 
will pass some bill. My my biggest fear is that they do a Dodd-Frank for crypto because Dodd-Frank did what? It killed all the small banks, right? Yeah. It was not anti-bank. It was anti-small bank, small bank, right? Yeah. They could do that for crypto and create barriers to entry that the big guys are happy to oblige. But now the small guys are like, well, can't do business. Regulatory hurdles too high. You know, that could happen. That's probably my biggest fear. Um, but, you know, it's all about public perception. So if the public three months from now totally forgets about all of this, which there's a good chance, right? It's hot right now, but it's holiday season, right? <laughs> yeah. January's coming up, the new year, new quarter. We're apparently about to get hit by a recession that'll be bad. FTX will be the least on everyone's mind when the housing market goes up. Right. And so then we'll see six months from now. Oh, Sam's Sam's in solitary confinement for a day because he's got <laughs> mental health issues or what. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? He's got to go to an island in the Bahamas and That'll get hurt. And this podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Go to www.expressvpn.com, use code MSCS, and get 20% off your order. VPN is a power tool for your devices that enhances the internet. With it, you can do three really cool things. One, watch movies and TV from any of your devices, fast and securely. Two, you can use parts of the internet that are blocked in certain countries. Three, you can keep your internet traffic private even when you're on an unsecured public network. That's www.expressvpn.com. Use the code MSCS at checkout and get 20% off your order. So I'm with you on the exchange. Like I fully understand that. Yeah. Right? So I, I see how that happened. But what about the NFT? What about the Web3? NFT lost a ton of money. They got hacked. Web3 got hacked. Yeah. So NFTs, once again, what is an NFT? An NFT is a digital stamp. That one I'll never understand. No, you will. You'll understand it right now. So I make a piece of digital art. Technically, anyone can screenshot that and say it's mine. Let's start with this. You make a piece of digital art and it's Michael Jordan. Sure. So I take a photo of this can. Right? Monster. And I put monster on my Instagram, but because it's this background, like this photo that I take can never be replaced. I call it art. And somehow that photo, because society's cool, is valued at $1,000. But that's a monster. That's a copyright. Sure. Sure. Um, so maybe don't use the can. Use something that not copyrighted like this pot. I want to go to the copyright shit. So copyright, I'll get to that. But just for the general NFT okay. concept, sure. right? So I take a picture of this, right? If that's worth $1,000, someone can screenshot that, lie and say, that's actually my photo, sell it to someone without me even knowing, and now there's counterfeit, right? It's the same reason Bitcoin's a limited supply. So how do I make digital art limited? Well, I find a unique stamp, I stamp it and say, unless you have this unique stamp, how do you do the unique stamp? You turn it into an Ethereum token. And the Ethereum token has that hash that I was talking about. That's that long string of letters. And that's the stamp. That's an NFT. That's it. It's that stamp. So where it gets complicated is, well, <laughs> well, a lot of these NFTs are minted on exchanges where there's no private key that you're holding. So once again, if the exchange can get hacked, the NFT can get stolen, right? So all the NFT hacks were from, because normally Board Ape got hacked, exactly. the fucking Yacht Guy got hacked. Correct. So what's the safest one for NFT? 
Technically, you could argue none of them because they're all built on Ethereum and it's all being held on exchanges. Okay. Right. So I don't know if I don't know if there's any NFT that you can claim can't be hacked. I'm not aware that I can put an NFT on like a a hardware wallet that I was talking to you about with Bitcoin because these are two different blockchains. Ethereum's now proof of stake, not proof of work, which has all the mining and stuff. So that argument, yeah, NFTs are pretty hackable. Um, and people who trade and do NFTs, it's all on exchange, so, right? So real easy target. So that NFT, right, the, the picture you just took of that pot yep. right there, that becomes, is that a one of one? It depends. So it's supposed to be. So what I can do is I can take a picture of that and I can say, um, I can say this is a one of one or I can take a photo of that, write some code, and say I want to print a thousand of these. Okay. But there's one detail in each one that's different. Different. Yeah. Or I could say fifteen. That's what the board apes are. That's what the the crypto punks are. Is they program the NFTs and say here's the general layout. Now this algorithm is going to pump out a thousand. They're each going to be a little bit unique and different. Um, and we're just going to give them value, right? So that is like fiat value. So where Bored Apes got a lot of their value was from the genius of um, uh, what's the guy bathing ape. Um, who I thought like the bathing ape clothing line. Uh, no, it was from Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, that's okay. how you Gary say v? his last Gary name. V. Gary V. Yeah. Yeah. Gary V. Yeah. What Gary V. did is he got into the Bored Apes, and he really made them a social symbol. I'm sure social status. So now it's like any trading card. Oh, let me see your Bored Ape. There were parties in Miami last year. During Art Basel, you can only get in if you had a board ape. Huh. And this Art hacked. Basel's like this week. They just got hacked to their, their their balls off. Correct. Correct. And what you're saying is like the plastic cells. Like I collect them. Yep. Like so when he came out, that was three hundred and fifty bucks. Right? But they only made a hundred. Okay. <clears throat> Four grand. This one when it came out, three fifty. Not that one, but the one that came out before that Tupac, eight thousand. So why is it eight thousand? Because they only made a hundred. Okay, but so limited supply limited dictates. Limited supply, handmade. But yeah. still, there has to be demand for it. Yeah, demand. If no one's going to buy that. But the difference between those and an NFT is they went to Joe Rogan and said, hey, we're going to make a hunter. They went to Tupac's mother. We're going to make a hunter. They went to Biggie's mom. We're going to make a hunter. With the NFTs, you're just taking Jordan and making money. For anyone to think that at some point in time, they're not going to get buried is nuts. You're well, copywriting like hell. Correct. So there are NFT lawyers who... They better be good. They're very good. And some of them are inventing products specifically around this problem to say, this is a patent, this is a copyright, this is a trademark, you can't do this. Or if you do, this is how you make it work, right? The other, th the other reason NFTs are supposed to be useful is provenance. Are you familiar with that term, provenance? So provenance is... You get like benefits? like No, provenance seats. is previous ownership. Just a minute. Or tracking okay. of ownership, okay. right? So sometimes what makes something useful, like if you told me that Joe Rogan owned that exact one, its value goes up. If before Joe Rogan owned it, Obama owned it, or Trump owned it, or... I don't know, name someone cool. Rogan right? does own that one, but just not the number that I have. Not the number, but if yeah. you own the number. Why not? Number right, so what artists do is they track the provenance. So, you know, the Mona Lisa, yeah. maybe at one point was owned by a king or a queen. Gives that value. gives it value. Yeah. NFTs, because it's on a blockchain, you can track that provenance. So right, like, look, and that's really important. 29 of 100. 
29 of 100. No one important has owned 29. That's like the most useless one. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then I would I would argue your point. I think Tupac is number two. Shut up. <laughs> I, I, I would argue your point. I know you're talking about. You're saying if you know Michael Jordan, right? But if an artist, Picasso, I don't know, famous artist. Sorry, sorry, art people. Let's just say Picasso was around and had Michael Jordan in front of him, or saw a basketball car with Michael Jordan on and painted the same picture that's on the thing, and then sold that well what about andy warhol with the campbell soup can correct so but that's an andy warhol original did original. campbell soup ever sue him no. no art art law and parody law are all really weird um that was like there's a show called nathan for you you familiar mm. nathan for you is this really cringe guy who comes up with the stupidest business solutions for people who buy into it. So one of them was this realtor is like, I need help selling homes. And he's like, you're going to sell ghost free homes, right? You're going to get a certified exorcist to check your homes and you're going to advertise and be like, this home is verified ghost free just to give people <laughs> extra comfort. Like they're stupid ideas. I bet it works. So what he did was he opened a restaurant called like fake Starbucks or not Starbucks, but everything was the exact same. And he did it all under parody law to where it's like, oh, it's a parody because it's not Starbucks, but everything was the exact same. The uniforms, the logo, it's whatever. Like the, it's like the weird Al Yankovic. He would use the songs, but he would sing his own lyrics. Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was able to get rid of it and he actually became far more successful. What's super funny is I think the lawyer he hired didn't actually read the contract <laughs> which was funny because he calls him out he's like well you're the lawyer you're supposed to read the and the contract says that he has full liability <laughs> if starbucks sues or whatever um so he just does these like stupid business pranks that are hilarious on the show and very cringeworthy but so if it's an nft I, i'm not a lawyer so i don't know where the boundary between creative art and trademarks and copyrights come in. Obviously, if you just take a picture of a monster can and it makes value, of course Monster's going to sue you, right? What that outcome is, I don't know. Like, was Andy Warhol sued by Campbell's? I have no clue. But now that's one of the most famous. How? What's the value of that? Of that Andy Warhol Campbell soup can, mm -hmm. right? NFTs, there's nothing new under the sun, right? So the same questions that you have is like, why the hell is this even valuable? It's like, well, why is most art valuable anyway? You used to always joke that Art Basel is like the largest yeah, money yeah, laundering yeah. convention yeah, yeah. in the United you States, right? go like right? this with a paintbrush, two million. Yep. Okay, uh, little Johnny, come on. You're the high bidder with cash, come on. Correct, right? correct. Yeah. You find, you, you get an appraiser, you get an artist, you pay the artist, you pay the appraiser, then you buy it, then you donate it to a charity, to a museum, and there's the wash. And then the other $10 million that you spent, you put in your pocket. <clears throat> or that you sold, I'm sorry. So NFTs, maybe they just make money laundering easier, and that's just natural, right? Now, what about Web3? Because that got hit, too. So Web3 is a weird term. And by the way, apparently now outdated. People are saying Web5, which is Web2 plus Web3. And then there's yeah. Web7. Yeah, uh, I heard where people, I, That's what I heard. I heard people trying I'm... to be real cool. <laughs> <Web 7. laughs> My buddy was like, I'm on Web99, bitch. Like, he's like, you can't touch yeah. me. Oh, yeah. Um, Just wait a little bit. Like Web3, Web3 is supposed to stand for the decentralized web. Right. But then things like the metaverse or NFTs are called Web3, 
but NFTs are not necessarily decentralized. The metaverse is not necessarily decentralized. So Web3 to me is just what's cool and new, right? Like Bitcoin would probably be the first thing that's Web3. But when people think of Bitcoin, they don't think Web3. They think of the but stuff Web3 that's is built on the blockchain though, right? I guess, I mean, that's not the strict definition. There's Web3 stuff that might not be blockchain that's centralized. I mean, I don't think you need the blockchain for NFTs. I don't think you need the blockchain for the metaverse. But don't uh, you need it for Web3? That's a good question. Define Web3. If the, the definition the of Web3, it has to be blockchain, then I guess by definition. Yeah. But I see tons of people for marketing say their stuff's Web3. So it's, you know. it, it's it's all a mind fuck. Yeah. It's all gaslighting. I mean, it's like in 2017, I knew people who were saying they have a blockchain project and they never actually used blockchain, right? Or they had a blockchain in their name, but it was just a regular database. All I know is that a lot of people have come in here and said that Web3 is unhackable and it's the decentralized, blah, 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 and they got their ass taken from them. What's and I would agree, like... I don't know what they're talking about. Like with NFTs, like are NFTs Web3? Sure. But I just described how easy it is to hack into an NFT. Just hack into OpenSea. Yeah. Right? So once again, it's people just falling for the marketing. I know the Bitcoin blockchain has not been hacked. Uh, every other blockchain, every other Web3 platform, if it's an exchange, if it's a metaverse, if it's a token, if it's an NFT, yeah, they're all hackable. If it's on Amazon AWS or you yeah. use any cloud service, uh, you can get hacked. I'm sorry, but it's very likely if it's a cloud provider that you're using, you can get hacked. And I, I was reading that that's how Bitcoin could get hacked. It's through what? <clears throat> the cloud. If you use the wallet that's in a cloud, basically like so you were wallet, saying. Yeah, so yeah, the yeah. wallet could get hacked, but yeah. not the Bitcoin blockchain. Correct. That, that, yeah, absolutely. Because I read the different ways it could be hacked. And one is the cloud, like on the, the wallet on the cloud, anything on the cloud, like you just said. One of the things that some of these wallets were doing using like zero knowledge proofs was like they store information in the cloud, but it's jumbled and only useful if it can communicate with your phone. So if someone hacks into the cloud, it's useless data and it needs to be connected with your phone. I for, man, I forget what that term's called, but you can do it with your computer. Yeah, when I, you made a very good point. When I was reading about it before you came in, they said that the number one way that Bitcoin would get hacked would be through the phone. Yeah, because you can sim hack. I know yeah. people. Uh, man, I have a friend I feel terrible for, uh, but she was sim hacked like yeah. three months ago, yeah. and they drained her Bitcoin. Mm. I'm scared of that shit all the time. Um, and It's easy to do. It's, it's called brute force. That's all it is. Correct. And, and that's why, so, I mean, I took all my stuff off my And then phone. if you're a brute force, all that person needs to know is what tower you're hitting. And whenever you're not on Wi-Fi, it's just taking your shit. Yep. That's or, why, or God forbid they do know what Wi-Fi you're connected to. Then it's just yeah. a 10-minute process or however, you know what I mean? That's why I do I do the Google Authenticator. I don't do text messaging Google authentication. Yeah. You don't let, or Microsoft or some third Microsoft. party. Microsoft, what are you, crazy? But it's supposed to live on your You want to die? You know the reason I know Bill it lives Gates on owns your it. You want to die? He's trying to kill you if you haven't, if you've been I in a cave, he's die. trying to kill you. I am trying to die. So maybe that's the best way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's my one way out. Thanks, Bill Gates. 
What if you can't? What if you kept living your life over and over again until you got it right? What if when you died, you, you lived the same life right. over? Why is everybody so scared to live their life? Like, do you want to live forever? No. Do you want to live your life again? No. Why? Well, I'm biased because I'm a Christian. I believe in heaven, so I am perfectly okay with dying and living in eternity. Yeah, <laughs> so we're just playing me, devil advocate. That's okay. If that doesn't exist and I have to like live on this earth. Uh, can I at least pick the year? <laughs> yeah. You've you got to keep reliving it until you do it right. However, the hierarchy do it may right. work. What does that mean? Do what right? Whatever you're put here to do. Whatever reason it is that if you're If you're for. put here to do it, whatever that is. Whatever your calling is. Whatever you're calling. Hopefully, whatever you're called to do, you almost have to do it because you're called to. So by definition, wouldn't you get that right the first time? No, no because it would go into your subconscious. What if I'm called to be McDonald's? guy which i will be after this ftx crash <laughs> um, what if that's my calling and uh, god's like you know you thought you were supposed to run a successful uh web3 advocacy <laughs> firm but you are a fry cook sam i'm like damn i've avoided that calling my whole life now i'm back at it i'm happy I'm like, yeah i don't know it's a good question i um i don't know one life is enough isn't it Maybe. I was just talking to a guy the other day about um, Google giving that one guy that blank check to just do research on how to live forever. I don't know. Something's off about these people who want to upload their brain to the internet so they can live forever. I find it... Scary. I don't know if it's right. No. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I don't... If we were meant to live forever, we would live forever. Correct. So obviously that's not meant to be, you know? Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I feel like if they're able to upload your consciousness to a server to live forever, they're just going to use it to torture you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, all, all the rich people are doing it. All, all like the billionaires, they've uploaded all their shit. Get, of course, Gates did. Uh, uh, what's it? We were just talking about him. Uh, Buffett did. Where do they upload it? Server, just like a server that you like know, that, Google owns. I would hope not, but they probably are in the. How do you cahoots? hack into that server? Well, you and have, what do you get? Well, like his brain DNA, like the code, genetic code, like what is what is that? That that that's that shit that they do uh, on some fucking island that nobody knows about, yeah. and he goes under, you know, Tim Smith and whatever they do, they do. Who the hell knows? I just wonder if they can bring back Walt Disney. He's still frozen, isn't he? Probably one day. He's frozen. Is he frozen? Yeah, they froze him. Did they freeze him? I'm almost Man, am I a Floridian and I didn't know they froze Walt Disney? That would be interesting. Well, if he is, one day we'll probably be able to bring him back if they froze his ass. Or clone him. He's going to say, what the fuck? I think they're already cloning now. They can clone animals for sure. Yeah, we've seen that. Pigs, mice. Yeah. Yeah. They're cloning people. I lied. lied. What's that? He's not frozen? Fuck, how come I was told that he's frozen? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just I'm say he's way cooler. Right? Yeah. He's actually in like the giant Epcot, whatever that ball is. He's in the middle of their frozen. According to I was pulled up. Sources say. According to the what is this? Ah, what the fuck happened to it? There it is. Fact check. False claim. 
that Aww. Walt Disney's Frozen Body will be thought in December. Well, December maybe not. But it's I, a I don't think I believe Mackenzie. Uh, pop culture is in front of a myth that his current Frozen Body corpse is stored away in a hidden vault. Over the years, the legend has taken different forms. His body is located on the Pirates of Carib- uh, Caribbean ride. I did not think that though. I didn't. I didn't think that. Um, frozen so stories <laughs> about his frozen head. <laughs> Dad is elite. Fact check. Where does it say though? Fact check. Uh, that's not it. It's set up here though that he was uh, cremated. I don't know. That's like the new thing I keep seeing is that Helen Keller either wasn't real or that she wasn't actually like deaf, dumb, and blind. That's a good one. What do you think about that? Do you think? Okay. I mean, kind of like this Walt Disney stuff. I'm I'm pretty okay with believing he is secretly frozen. So I think I'm okay with believing Helen Keller wasn't real. Do yeah. Think, but do you think you can be? So you think she wasn't real? I I saw this bumper sticker that says Helen Keller ain't no way. <laughs> and it's got like the red thing through it. Um purely for comedic purposes, I'd like I'd like to believe that. But but in in real life you think she It is weird. How are you deaf, blum and dying and blind and you learn how to read and write and and say wawa water. Yeah. I don't know. Is that really what she said? Yeah, wawa. And said water, she couldn't say water. She instead of saying uh water, she said wawa. And that's why I think Wawa became Wawa. If you talk to Graham Hancock, he would tell you that she's on a different level and whatever phase it is, and she can do telepathic sound, vibrations, all that shit. Damn, that's just as cool as he, he proved that real. with the, the pyramids. He proved it. He had to hold on to that information for seven years so that the government won't mess with it. So they built a whole facility where they can do like really accurate readings and everything. And, you know, they found bone. They found that people were uh, cooking fish 1.4 million years ago. In the pyramids or? Oh, uh, yeah. Right right in Egypt. In the pyramid. There was a prior to that, like Egypt is wherever Egypt is, whatever this shit is. And there's like this little lake in between there. Mm-hmm. And everything, it wasn't there before, but it is now after one of the ice ages. And everything had to go through that lake. It just had to. So when they started pulling out artifacts from it, you know, it takes forever to test it and get down to the bottom of it. You know, they were all on massive amounts of uh, psychedelics and everything else, which, you know. But you think you can be blind and deaf Mm -hmm. and be able to speak? (laughs) If you have telepathy, then yes. How? Telepathy. Telepathically. Like, I can get behind that. But if telepathy doesn't exist, then I guess she's just not real. Well, the reason why... Graham thinks it exists is because with all the artifacts that they had found tested with the data, like this isn't like him saying it, there's data behind it. You Mm. know what I mean? Factual data, third party, fifth party, 10 party testing, blah, blah, blah. And within that, you know, with his conclusion of the pyramids, let's just stick with that part was that the way that they were built and the only way that they could have been built 70 ton fucking rocks, 30,000 feet in the air, like 10 of them all around, you know, there's even one in Mexico, you know, but there's it, actually that you seen the straight line and it's, it's within yeah. one degree of the North pole. It's, it's aligns it's, with Orion's yeah, belt. It's more accurate than anything we have today. It's more accurate than any satellite in space. Okay. And his conclusion was that they, we went this technology route, you know, cell phones, this shit, whatever they went more with, Nature, universe, earth, all is one. Self is one, universe is like one. Like the difference between magic and technology, right? Yeah, like like more in touch with earth, 
Like everything is one. Like the universe is one. So and he tapped into that. Tapped into that. So we we think, okay, let's just say we were here 6,000 years. Look how far we've come from 1900s to 2000. I mean, crazy difference. Imagine having 100,000 years of, of time to evolve, blah, 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 blah. It is not out of characteristic to think that they couldn't use telepathic, you know, technology in that way, vibration. You know, I said this the other day, but if you put a razor with a battery in it on this table, it's going to move. Yeah. Well, if you have a hundred thousand years to play with that, why is it unconceivable to believe that you couldn't move a 70 pound stone with vibration and sound and telepathic? And how in the hell could you align it that perfectly? Without using telepathic, if you can answer that one, how? That's I know Tesla said everything's vibration, right? Yeah, and and, that's, and, and you know they sealed Tesla's writings. The government yes, sealed his writings for a long time, and all of his writings that they sealed were about telepathic and vibration and sound. And if you have those three, then time doesn't exist. And if time doesn't exist, you can do anything. We know time as twenty-four hours in the day because the Earth goes around the sun. But you don't know how people may have thought if they were here for 100,000 years straight before they either got out of here. Maybe they shot to the Milky Way, most likely. looks like that's probably where they probably went. We can't see. Or wherever. Or they just got rocked. One of the two. So they either left us behind or were devolving. Probably. You know, I, I think there was, well, they know that there was a lot of different civilizations. So I think some got whacked out, you know, totally wiped out. And I think some got out of here. It's I the think. great filter theory that Elon talks about. Yeah, Are you familiar with that? Nah, Elon. Nah, Elon, great filter is just great filter is just um, civilizations reach a peak and then something happens. Yeah, and they either advance beyond whatever this filter is, or they don't. And it's one of the reasons why scientifically some people don't believe in life on other planets, because it is so statistically possible that there is life that the fact that we haven't been contacted is so abnormal that their belief is maybe there's intelligent life but they can't get past this filter and no one knows what this filter is some people think it's nuclear development maybe it's something else um but whatever that filter is advanced civilizations or universes or worlds can't make it past it to then go and explore right so it's like what is that filter well the, the other thing that they believe uh, with facts is frequencies. A lot was with frequencies. Like that's like you same know, as vibration, right? Do you consider uh, them the same or different? Different, different, because vibration can move things very easily. So can frequency, but frequency more as in uh, relating to the telepathic. Because like, say you put your radio station on ninety two point one and it's clear. Ninety two point two, you can still hear ninety two point one a little bit, but you're also hearing part of ninety two point three. So through, if you just think of that as like a frequency and then telepathically how that can go in the middle, like you're in the middle of the frequency. You're not on this end or that end. You're right in the middle of the frequency. And when you think about that in an extremely complex fucking out there way, that's how telepathic. Well, would that be your instinct thing? Because can't dogs hear on a different frequency? And they yeah. hear that, that whistle when you blow, and we don't hear anything. Yeah. And they hear this high pitch, it hurts their ears. That yeah. they're still that instinct. Because they, ne they, they never got, like we were talking about in the beginning, they never got desensitized. 
you know, they've always kept their instinct, like bears, dogs, cats are the weirdest ones. So what's interesting is my buddy's dad has hearing problems. And it's not uncommon for when older people have hearing problems, their hearing actually just simply changes. So for a while, he lives out in the desert. Uh, he would just be really uncomfortable and like act weird and just like kind of going a little crazy. And it was because he's like, you just don't hear that. You don't hear that. What they found out was what he could hear is the 5G towers mm -hmm. that they planted nearby. That was at a frequency that for some reason now, because his hearing's bad, he could actually hear the tower and it was just bothering him. It was driving him insane that he could hear the tower. So he would sometimes, like he would hate going to cities, but he would sometimes just need to leave and go somewhere where he wouldn't hear the tower. Right. Well, about in that desert, he's in touch with only nature. Yeah. Right? And that fucking 5G tower, they tried to use that to uh, spread COVID. That's what that was all about. But and no one no one else could hear it. everybody. No one else could hear it. Only he could hear it. Yeah. Like, even his wife. But because he has bad hearing. Isn't that so... I find stuff like that so interesting. But if you just take that and hold on to that, the guy's got bad hearing, but he could hear that. Yeah. He's in nature. So is it bad hearing? Is right. it bad hearing? Right? No. It's probably that he's within nature, oneself, so on and so forth. I don't know. So is technology corrupting us? Yeah. Yeah. yeah what? I read. You really uh, just ask me that. I read. Jeez. Um, <laughs> God, yeah. I read one of these threads on Twitter, which I really just got to stop going through these these threads. But it was talking about how um, there's a huge similarity between the way computer chips are designed and the way uh, uh, ancient demonic symbols to summon demons were designed. So the belief is that actually we are spiritual and that what we know as technology is just magic in a different realm. And that's where it, kind of the black mirror stuff comes in is that, you know, when you're staring into your phone, it's looking back at you that this is actually a harnessed, it's not AI, it's a harnessed spirit, right? Which is why when you break open a phone, there's a weird amount of smoke and stuff like that. <laughs> My buddy did that. He like just broke his phone with a sledgehammer just because he was done with it. And he's like, it was weird. It smoked up my whole neighborhood. Like He was like, that was like three or four houses down. There was smoke. He's like, what the hell did I break? Like, I didn't just break a phone. I just broke a little mini dimension <laughs> or something, right? And something, like the crazier things get the world, I'm like, hmm, is that true? <laughs> I'm like, I wish I hadn't have read that because that sounds pretty cool and, and then you just wonder, like, true enough. Was it only him that saw it or did other people see it? Because I would believe him more if he was the only one that saw it. <laughs> Where, 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 where in everyday civilization you would say, well, I would only believe it if 10 other people saw it. Yep. But, a, but after talking to these geniuses that have mind destroyed my mind, right? Now I'm like, well, if only, if he only saw it, then I believe him. From now. So what I say now is anytime someone's like source, I'm like my dreams. The <laughs> yeah. only source I need, baby, is when I go to bed at night, that's where I heard it. My dreams. That's the best source. Pull up uh, tab nine. So where what are you doing now with uh, the Florida Blockchain, Blockchain Association? So right now what we're doing is we're actually looking at promoting uh, legislation next session. So there's a few things that we're going to be doing and, and looking at. You want uh, us to click on anything? No, so you can, you can actually leave this up because okay. none of what I'm going to tell you is published yet. But we're okay. looking at legislation that would maybe allow banks to custody digital assets, right? Uh, and what does then, that mean? I'm sorry. Could you explain that? Yeah. So 
banks, financial institutions are, especially if they're state chartered, are limited in what they can hold, like gold, dollars, stocks, bonds. Oh, oh buy because of insurance? Um, I don't know if it's because of insurance, but there's legal requirements mm. about what assets they can hold on to. Technically, there's there's certain regulations where banks could, if they wanted to, hold Bitcoin, but sometimes they want state state regulation just saying, hey, if you're a state chartered bank, you know, this is safe, right? No one's going to come after you. Um, so what would be cool is if banks can hold, say, for example, Bitcoin, and then when you're doing escrow, right they have what are called good funds which you can only escrow what's listed in those good funds right that doesn't mean you have to but you can't normally go outside of those go good funds if i can make it so bitcoin's a good fund and i can allow banks to custody digital assets you could technically buy a piece of real estate in florida in bitcoin without ever having to go to cash hmm. ever so the escrow company could transfer the Bitcoin, the bank could hold the Bitcoin, and then you could do everything in Bitcoin, which would be pretty cool for adoption reasons, right? Um, there's more complicated stuff around like, like the biggest problem with FTX is who owns the custody of those tokens, right? Does FTX own it because they have the private key? But is it implied or inferred that the user still owns them? So there's legislation through the Uniform Law Commission that's coming out that kind of addresses that through the Uniform Commercial Code, which is just all the states try to abide by the Uniform Commercial Code, right? Which just makes it so that commerce, so that if you're a, if you're Amazon, you don't have to, each state, you don't have to have a special law, right? We try to be uniform. That would be a nightmare. Correct. So that's what the Uniform Commercial Code does. So like there's a uniform commercial code article 12 that has to do with cryptocurrency that's being updated that will hopefully pass this legislative session. I'm not even going to talk about that, but that essentially has to do with like custodying and ownership of digital assets. Now, being that you're going and you're th this is with banks, right? What kind yeah. of kickback or feedback are you getting? Because now you're taking something that the government has no control of, no touching of, and now dealing with the banks that are so, involved with the government. I've talked to the banks, they're fine with it. But I'm saying like the people, citizens that like Bitcoin oh. because it's not so, touched by banks or anything like that. So once again, uh, two principles, one, uh, adoption and comfort, right? So that and just operating a business. So if you wanna operate, it's like, if you wanna be a citizen in America, you have to have a social security number, right? Uh, I know people who have tried to not give their children social security numbers, right? And that's like like my parents' background, like that's <laughs> where their, their communities come from. But if you can't pay taxes, you, you literally can't operate as a citizen of the United States. So you have to fold into the United States and you have to get a social security number. So if you're a business that's wanting to deal with Bitcoin, by definition, you have to have a bank account and you have to have an EIN. Right. So as far as commerce and business goes, they're going to love it. Right. Because it means that businesses that are focused on digital assets, Web3, cryptocurrency can now start opening up these avenues to where if they have to use banks, which a lot of them do, or they have to use financial services and escrow certain things, 
that's opening up avenues to where they can have regulatory compliance while using these products like Bitcoin. Right. So me personally, this is the one and only thing that I would like the government to get involved in is Bitcoin. I would feel safe for messing with it. But in my opinion, if you do that, then Bitcoin is no different than anything else. Right now, maybe it is. But also, once again, you're right and wrong. You're right in that it's becoming uniform. It's becoming adopting. But once again, no one, in my opinion, no one can control it. So we're learning how to regulate an asset and use an asset that nobody can control. But if you go to a bank and the bank is involved, the bank can control it because the bank can Correct. say, well, today you can only take out two grand or you can only take out one grand or you can only spend five grand. That that can be true in certain circumstances, although there are there are exchanges that do multi-sig services where essentially you have them hold it, but you still have your private key, right? And so they don't have total control. You still have that private key, which is good. But now we're out of the, but yeah, but you're talking but about you could out still of the banks. Have, but talking you could, about dealing with the banks. If you're dealing with the banks, they're going to be able to control that. So my, the only reason I said that was you could see relationships where certain banks say we're going to adopt that model to get that customer base. But yes, it's still going to be a trade-off. You're going to trade off the security and safety of a bank instead of being rug pulled by an FTX. Right. right. But you're always going to have people who are like, no, I hate banks. I don't want anything to do with banks. That's more the individual. It's more the individual. And that's perfectly okay. No one's going to force anyone to use a bank for their Bitcoin, right? So it's almost just extending the option and making it easier for commerce and, you know, adoption, whatever that word means. Um, but the fundamentals of Bitcoin won't change. So you don't think that if 10 banks buy into this, that the rest of the banks aren't, and within a short amount of time, it's controlled? No, because the only way to, the way they would control Bitcoin essentially is trying to buy up as much of it as possible, which would inflate the price. The problem is they're late to the game. So they're going really to- Really late. Yeah. I can't believe they haven't um, done anything. Correct. I mean, and in fact, they're going the alternate route. Like they're developing, they're, they're trying to develop their own digital dollars, right? And the banks are actually worried more than anybody about a CBDC, a central bank digital currency. Because if I have an app on my phone that's tied directly to the Federal Reserve, why do I need a bank, right? So then what do the banks become? So that relationship's interesting. Um, so there's so many different conflicting interests sometimes when it comes to these banks, when they're thinking strictly from a business perspective, like we have this whole new asset class of digital assets uh, and there's so much money in it now that of course banks are eventually going to want a piece of that. But the industry, a lot of these people, once again, the original Bitcoin mission of anarchists and screw the federal government, now it's just a good product that a lot of people are like, well, actually I just view this as an avenue to make money, don't really care about the mission, right? There's a lot of people out that out there like that and that's perfectly okay and they want the relationship with the bank right so bitcoin is just a technology right and it can be used for good it can be used for bad um and it can be used by a bank or it can be used by someone who freaking hates banks and will escape to venezuela or argentina you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. so adoption does not change the underlying asset if anything it just allows more people to buy it which i could argue drives up price, 
which continues to bring new wealth to those who are able to get in early, which is really my biggest fear is I'm scared that by the time everyone's bought in on it, it's expensive. And now it's just you get to own a small fraction of a Bitcoin. And the big players have the majority, right? right? The, so the question is, will the powers that be get in before the rest of the masses do, which is the race that we're seeing right now? And with Wall Street now getting involved, my fear is that the masses aren't. Because now with FTX and Celsius, a lot of normal people are going to be like, screw it, never touching crypto again. So, so now what are you doing here with this to, I guess, level that out, right? Or So to the best of my ability, right, like we try to isolate people like FTX because you can't prevent fraud, right? No one could have. There are people who said, you know, we saw FTX, we thought it was sketchy. Like I said earlier, I saw their aggressive practices a year ago, maybe even longer, which weren't that different than how Wall Street operates. In fact, the, a lot of what their company did is not that different, as we know, uh, the way a lot of American companies function or international companies function. But you have to isolate the fraud and say this is not representative of crypto. This is not representative of Web3. Sam Bankman-Fried does not represent my industry. He's a bad player who is used for money laundering. That happens with everything. That happens with biotech. That happens with oil, <laughs> right? Um, it happens with literally any industry that's willing to do it. So I think a lot of people understand that. They're scared of what retail and the consumer will think. But retail and consumer aren't aren't focused on FTX failing. They're focused on who benefited from this money laundering, right? So that's what's interesting about this FTX stuff is retail and any anti-crypto Web3 narrative really is very overplayed. And it just makes people hate our political class even more because it's been so closely tied to that. So anytime you see FTX, someone who is invested in it doesn't go, man, I hate crypto, screw Bitcoin. They go, yeah, I got rugged by a guy who was teaming up with Congress and who donated to political campaigns. Yeah, <clears throat> but everybody that sees the seven or eight or nine or however many people are, there are now that donated to the Democrats, filed bankruptcy... They're, they're, forget Bitcoin. I want nothing to do with it. Blah, 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 blah. Whether it's left and right. Correct. And to some extent, like, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. Right. I, and that's the hard part about any dream or any technology that you think about is human nature is human nature. Right. It, it, like, to me, it's not odd. <clears throat> like, to me, to, to think that politically, you know, they're not going to jump in and, and do this. I mean, the, the, the writing's on the wall. Of course they are. Yeah. You know, so this, uh, for me, I'm not a fan of the crypto thing. I I just can't. I'm old school. Sure. You know what I mean? But I respect it. And, you know, I hope it does do well. And, you know, and one day I break. But I think it's cool. I just, you know, at this point, I don't I don't trust it. But I think that the basis of it's great. But. When this shit happens, I, I think that people need to realize that no matter what it is, it's going to happen. For, like, you right. always, like you've said many times, fraud is going to happen in anything. And with political shit, they got tons and tons of money. And if they can find another route to route money to win, they're going to do it. And that's, that could be a Bitcoin. That could be an NFT. That could be a block of gold. It doesn't really yep. matter. 
you know. So to think that because all these people went bankrupt, because they gave money to the Democrats on this round, maybe the next round it's money to the Republicans. They're all fucking dirty. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean it's going to happen with everything else. That that should be expected, I would think. Human nature is funny. I mean, even when we're talking about like the unbanked or underbanked or people people who hate Wall Street and hate the way money works and they go, we should be given the same opportunities. And then they get that chance or what they view as the same opportunity and then they get scammed, right? Um, because they weren't smart with their own money. So then they call for regulation, right? And what a lot of people forget is that they think, who put these regulations here that bar me from doing what I want to do? Well, your dad did, or your grandfather did, right? Because the guy who wanted rugged. to kept it hidden under the covers and everything. Correct. Not or the guy who got rugged yeah. because he made the wrong investment, and now he's bitter. But right. prior to making the wrong decision, he wanted it quiet, kept Correct. it low. Now he got scammed. Now he's crying wolf. Correct. So if you're going to dive into this shit, don't cry wolf when you get burned because you made a mistake or there was a glitch. Correct. So the common complaint is, you know, the average American should be allowed to invest in companies or invest in projects. You shouldn't have accredited investor status to be able to get to certain opportunities. Right. But then when you give the average person that opportunity, you get scammers who are able to trick them and stuff like that. And then they're like, man, I wish... And then they're like, whoa, I'm just an average person. How am I going to know? Well, you use that and said, well, I'm an average person. I should be able to invest. Um, so neither is right or wrong, but it's just this push and pull between regulation. So the cryptocurrency and digital assets will be the exact same. And people will feel scammed and rugged. And they would say, you know, I would like for government to regulate this a little bit. And then government's going to regulate it to where when they want to get in, they're going to be like, what do you mean I have to go through this entire process to get in, right? What do you mean I'm not qualified to buy Bitcoin now? I have to buy Bitcoin through an exchange or a bank. I can't just buy it on my own, right? And then they're like, oh, but at least it's safe, right? There's FDIC insurance, right? Or something like that, right? I mean, FTX or Celsius said, be your own bank. But that be your own bank didn't have FDIC insurance, <laughs> right? When I get card swiped at a gas station, I can call Bank of America and I get my magic dollar right back, right? That's happened to me. I've had hundreds of dollars stolen and you just watch it on your phone, hundred, 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 hundred. Like, oh shit. And you call Bank of America and then they're like, oh, we'll just put it back. American Express is the best. They're real good, aren't they're, they? I've oh heard that gosh. before. Jeez, you could spend 50 grand and be like, look, I didn't do it. Okay, no problem. We'll put it back. Yep. In two seconds, it's back. Bitcoin. But that's because they're charging every guy that swipes that card, every uh, company yep. that's swiping that, 6.7%. Everybody else is 3.9%. Bitcoin, if someone steals yeah, that, you're, killed. you're not getting that back. No. Right? So no one can steal it from you if you're smart. But if someone does do it, you ain't getting it back. Right? So, so in a dream world, how would Bitcoin be? Would it be regulated? Would the government be involved? Right now, if you had full control and you can make any decision you want. In my dream world, Bitcoin is just going to be a parallel system. Right? So just like an alternative to what we have. Correct. I'm Without not all these... the bullshit. No. And you'd, well, you know what's hard, once again, going back to the cult of, yep. of Bitcoin and stuff, which is great. Like, I want a strong dollar. I want the American dollar to be a great currency. I'm an American. I live here. 
I don't want the American dollar to fail. What sucks for me as an American is that the power that the American dollar has has actually been used to hurt my interests as an American. My wealth has been inflated away. It's been used to fund wars that I don't want to fund. It's been used to coerce people to make bad decisions that I don't want them to make. It's been used to overthrow government. That sucks. But I also don't hate the idea of America having the strongest currency in the world. I don't hate the idea of being the world's reserve currency if it means my future children are safer here, right? Like, at the end of the day, I live in America. I want a strong America. I want a strong American currency. I'm not a global citizen, right? I live in Florida, right? <laughs> like, I don't plan on moving out of Florida anytime soon. So I, America is built, and America's wealth and America's success is in large part due to us being the world reserve currency. We don't understand what that luxury looks like, uh, but it affects every aspect of our lives. I'm not rooting for that downfall because it means my grandchildren might have a lower standard of life than I do. I'm already statistically supposed to have a lower standard of living than my parents, right, on average. That's not cool. That's not great, right? Now, hopefully... If the U.S. dollar fails, Bitcoin becomes this global reserve currency. Maybe it allows us to restart without collapsing. Maybe for a period of time we switch and use Bitcoin as a base, right? Because we've totally forgotten how to even touch gold, right? But we use Bitcoin and then we go back to some kind of dollar that's maybe based on something. Well, if we keep printing it, we're going to have to. I mean, it can only last so long, right? You can't print this kind of money for <laughs> forever. I mean, this is insane, the amount. That's, I mean, I think we just printed another $10 trillion. Yeah, it I can't... think last week, and we gave, what, $500 billion, I think, to Ukraine, or in the hundreds of billions. Correct. I mean, it's... I'm with you on all that. I'm Once again, like, I don't want billions of dollars to go to Ukraine for money laundering operations. But I still don't want, I don't think people understand how bad the U.S. dollar failing is going to be on not just society, but the world. The world. Like, I was reading it the other day, this article that just blew my mind about how the global system is so intertwined with the U.S. dollar that certain countries specialize in certain aspects of trading that dollar. France has a function in this. Japan has a function in this. England has a function in this. South Africa has a function in this. All part of the global reserve dollar system, which means that if they pull out, their economy tanks, mm -hmm. which means they can either pull out now and totally obliterate their country or they just have to ride the ride with the rest of us. And we're all going down together. And that includes Russia. It includes Iran. It includes China. Everybody's going down. And that's a scary thought. And so the question is, does Bitcoin have the capacity to pick us right back up and save us from that kind of global fallout? It might. That's the hope of a lot of these people with adoption. But once again, national currencies aren't going away. They might have a different peg. Hell, maybe they're pegged to Bitcoin as opposed to gold, or maybe there's some derivative. Yeah, some type of alternative, but... Right. I do not wish for that doomsday scenario in my lifetime because it's not going to be great. No. Right? Uh, people are like, well, <laughs> I hear this all the time. When Bitcoin's a million dollars, we're good. <laughs> right? 
like yeah bitcoin might be a million dollars but uh also a bag of bread might be a million dollars yeah right, right? like <laughs> and what do you do when you go man look at all this bitcoin i have but i don't have access to beef or meat you know or like food right you can't eat bitcoin <laughs> right yeah. that you can't eat dollars or gold you can't even touch the shit correct so you know, that's, you know, the stuff that keeps me up at night is whatever that transition period looks like, right? Because we're going through that right now. Um, and who knows? You can never predict the future. It always goes some way that you're not predicting, right? Um, th this dollar stuff, people have been saying it couldn't work since the 90s. Here we are st still. In fact, it's more entrenched than it's ever been. You know, who knows where we'll be 20 years from now? I don't know. Did you see that article uh, called Tip? I can never say it right. Pull up uh, tab nine. Did you see that? It's uh, it's called Cultic Malu. I can never uh, say it right. Cultic Malu. I don't think so. I've never heard of that. <clears throat> I somebody sent it to me. I don't. Uh, there's rational. Oh, Cultic Malu. Cultic yeah. Malu. Is that how I say it? Mm, that's how I say it. Do you know anything about this? So I think I read. I got sent by this uh, by a buddy a long time ago. Cultic Malu refers to a new religious movement. It does not refer to ideology, abusive community. So what he's essentially saying is, so I think I talked to you about the circle and the periphery. Mm -hmm. So instead of thinking of left and right, which is what we all think, you think the Democrats are left, you think the Republicans are right, um, you have to think of center and periphery. periphery. I can never say that word. So the center is just simply ideas that are accepted. And the periphery is everything that's not. But it's a circle. So you can be way out here. You can be way out here. You can be completely opposites on opposite sides of the circle. But everyone outside that circle is in the periphery. And their ideology, no matter what it is, is not accepted. But if you're in the center, you're good. Right? And that's what matters. So cultic Malu is essentially, I hope I'm saying that right, essentially everything on that outside, right, is this culture of mistrust in the media, in the establishment, in Congress, and the authorities that be, and how those cultures, communities share information. It's where QAnon touches the social communists, touches the vegans, touches the carnivores, touches the Bitcoin people, you know, how they all have their own little silos of fundamentalism. Aren't we kind of seeing that now? Yes. I mean, he's right. He's absolutely right. Uh, and he talks about how everyone in that outside circle essentially is forming this kind of new culture and this new society. And the question is, Will that overtake the current strain of thought, and what does that look like? This, <laughs> yeah, I guess definitely so. the beginning. <laughs> I mean, I read what did I read a while ago? It was talking about the alliance of like uh, super waspy liberal California moms and these right wing bodybuilders who are both <laughs> looking at research on the internet, coming to the same conclusion that. Seed oils are bad. They're poisoning the food. They're poisoning the water. So you get this girl who hates big pharma, so she votes for the Democratic Socialist, thinking that they're poisoning our water. And then you get this right-wing bodybuilder who's jacked up on steroids who's, like, agreeing with everything she's saying. But then so he's voting for the Republican who's saying, I hate these, you know, giant uh, big pharma com yeah. companies or whatever, you know. 
so it's funny because the circle and periphery theory is just like the horseshoe theory where you go so far left you start turning around and you go right but uh, it's such a better analogy because you can be anywhere on that circle but as long as you're not in acceptable thoughts right you're on the camp together that's why that crazy guy steve bannon right back in like 2015 or 2016 who was a huge trump advocate and populist was often always trying to get in touch with people in the bernie sanders camp right and he used to always say like i love the bernie people right because he kind of recognized that idea he said well we're all outsiders right so it doesn't matter that we believe in completely different things but we're both outsiders. Uh, people like Stalinsky would say that all the time. Bernie's the smartest of them all. Because <laughs> he's every got four seven years, houses e now. <laughs> every four years he just runs. How much are you going to give me to step out? Because I'm going to take your votes, Democrats. Yep. How much this year? I know. Forty Last year was $40 million. Nope. I, I want 60 I know. How much do you think that fucker's gotten paid? Well, How, how many has he gotten in the way of? What, three? Yeah. Definitely not. Probably a quarter billion, right? What do you think, Rob? What do you think they paid him? A lot. How much do you think? Fifty million. No more than that, right? To make him drop, he could he could play hardball. He well, runs. He a, takes a lot of their votes, but they'll just cheat more. That's apparently why. Uh, that's why Elizabeth Warren is so powerful in Congress because she dropped out, giving Joe Biden enough votes to win those primaries, and that was the whole reason she dropped out in certain states and other players didn't. Right. And now that's why Elizabeth Warren um, has a lot of sway. Supposedly, she did have a lot of sway in Congress. Obviously, the midterms will change that. But that was because whatever favor she worked out. And that's really sometimes what running for president's about is if you can be annoying enough to buy yourself favors when you get whatever position that's in. Or you get a gig on Fox News or CNN and they pay you handsomely. Or you just get everybody looking at mail-in votes and box number, what, three or seven in uh uh, Arizona, and then everybody's looking at box seven, or it was box three. Did you see that? No, I, I haven't. The Arizona stuff, yeah. I've completely... So what they did was, in Arizona, there was a box three that appeared toward the end when it was close. The inspector couldn't get into it. Nobody could get into it. Finally, when they went to go count, blah, 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 they counted, they realized that there was over 200 ballots in that box prior to it being put in there. Then YouTube, owned by Google, puts out this lady testifying in front of Congress, one of the inspectors, that they could not get into the box. Box three, they couldn't get into it. Nobody could until the very end of the count and then that there was ballots in there. Now, Google owns YouTube, right? Okay. Yeah. Pfizer's behind that. Gates is behind that. The reason why they put that out is so that in 2024, you look for box three again. You look at the mail-ins, and they just go another method to cheat and win again. So they capture your focus. Of course. Why would Google put that out? Google is owned by Pfizer and Bill Gates. They run shit. They're a Democrat. They want their green bullshit and all that, everything else. So they're going to put out what they want you to see to distract you. So now you're going to look for box three, box whatever, a box that shouldn't be there. You're going to look for people to mail in shit after 2,000 mules. Why would they let that out? Yes, yeah, Satoshi had to do it on his, whatever his name is. He had to do it on the Twitter, but it's still there. They could have shut him down all the way. They could have booted him off of Twitter, especially being the fact that Fauci's daughter works for Twitter. 
Does she really? She does. No. Nicole way. does. Yes, she does. So she has to say to, or not. But they didn't. They She's let him. Still there. I don't know if Elon Long? kicked her yet. Yeah. But I'm sure he will at some point. Or maybe we'll give her a shot. Sign. So Man, they let that be out. in those circles. So now everybody looks at this, this, this. And meanwhile, they're coming with another 80 million this way. So my question for you is two things. One, I want to hear from you. Can Trump run if he's indicted? If they come out down with a full indictment, we looked it up. Who the fuck knows? Can he run indicted for president? If he's under indictment, indictment's down, United States of America versus Donald Trump. Can he run? Uh, technically, I have no clue, but I can tell you if he gets indicted, he's going to run even harder. Right. <laughs> right. That's the answer. If you're a criminal run for office, as I said before. So all the more incentive to run. I think he knows that's coming, which is why he's going to run. I think he feels personally cheated, which is why he's going to run. He's got more skin in the game than anyone out there to now, run. Can he be president in the, under indictment? I'm sure he can. Really? Why not? I just didn't think somebody who's indicted, federally indicted, could run for president. I remember it said that. I know it said you it. You could be behind a bar. Yeah, it said you could be, be, be in prison president. and be president. Yeah, I mean, it's the will of the people. It's pretty fucking crazy, though. I mean, we could elect a horse, hmm. right? Horse. I mean, does it even say you have to be a human? Hmm. Who knows? Probably yeah, not. I mean... Democracy, democratic republics, whatever you want to call us, are funny. Um, I mean, you fit into a guideline, but if you believe the electorate's smart, which the founders was their whole goal as a smart electorate, um, then it's the will of the people. And whoever the people choose is the smart guy, if that's so your belief. Technically, he could run the country from jail. No, you just wouldn't be in jail. You'd get out of jail. Get out of jail free. Your house oh. is the White House. So if you want, so if you're under indictment and they sentence you to 10 years, but you win the White House, you're out. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Shit. Some people would argue that you can be in your basement and serve in the White House. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some people would argue that. Seems, seems as such. <laughs> don't want to get killed after I walk out. Oh, don't, don't worry. If we're still alive right now, you, you'll be alive on this one. I'm safe. Yeah, that's great. Now, who do you think the Democrats picked to run? Yeah, it's a good question because I also am not entirely sure Biden's going to run. Um, Even if he does, they got to pick somebody else. Well... I mean, I don't, I don't know if we'll live another four years. And I feel, I I feel bad for the guy. I know. Now. I mean, it's just sad to watch a guy die in front of your face or just lose it. I mean, I even mean. among the Democrats that I talk to, because, you know, I talk to everybody. Um, no one's excited about Biden, but everyone's also very aware that, you know, Biden's just listening to whoever's over his shoulder. What more could you want than someone who's not independent? To just listen to you, right? So, promise you, he can't talk. It doesn't matter. When was the last? How often is he even talking now? He's not talking that much, yeah. right? Like he's just enough to where we see little clips. But I mean, Trump and Obama were talking every day, all the time, all the time. Constant press releases, constant videos. 
Obama was, they called him the first social media president. Trump was like the first meme president who really utilized memes in a way that no president had before. So he was almost like Obama brought us into like the Facebook era and then Trump brought us into like the Twitter era. Uh, Biden doesn't do any of that, right? Biden is silent. How often do you even, Biden's not talking. You don't know what right? day it is. So, uh, I mean, I wouldn't- World be, leaders. Yeah. What'll probably happen is it, it all depends on how this recession goes and how that plays out because what a bait and switch if you- are Republican spending an entire 2023 attacking Biden for how shitty the economy is. And then they go, oh, he's not running. Hmm. And then the Democratic nominee in the primary goes, all those problems weren't because of me. I don't like Biden either. Here's what he should have done. You actually should have been more progressive. You should have been more this, that, or the other thing, right? Um, I, I think, I think, but who knows? I think, I think they're testing out Michelle Obama. I've see her that. popping up a little bit, a little bit here. For the longest she runs. Time. Forget it. I. But does it really matter anyway? Does it really fucking matter? Does it matter? Yes, I think it does. Um, what's fun about people like Trump and like Bernie and these outsiders? I think Tulsi Gabbard's trying to be an outsider now with some of the moves that she's playing. Is it's kind of, I've heard it called like harassment architecture, right? Where the the more controlling a system becomes, the more brittle it gets, right? Because you have to consolidate power, you're very stiff. And that means you're easier to break. And so if you find people who are good at just poking that system, whether it's from outside or inside, you can try to break it easier right it's like with any it's like principles of nature right i mean with more consolidation like you can't have that forever and there's always a balance there's always a balance just how bitcoin brought about possibility to financial freedom but banks are going to use that technology to create a central bank digital currency that will eliminate freedom entirely that's the world finding balance right um, so the more authoritarians get, the more radical freedom people will get, so to speak, right? And one never wins out. I mean, communist Russia fell, right? And you can imagine being in Yugoslavia or being in, you know, a communist country in the 1950s or 1960s and saying, wow, this is going to be the rest of my life. And then the 80s happen and then 89 happens, 91 happens and you go, holy cow. I'm not in a communist country anymore, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, imagine if you were born in Russia or the Soviet Union in 1950, and so you're 55, 60 years old when it's no longer there. How do you adjust to that, I right? Don't know. So it's it's all the same, and so we think of things in the U.S. as normal, but we know all the norms are breaking. And the Soviet Union collapsed in like three years. Yeah. Right? Like it was a buildup, but man, how far, how quick did that fall? It's weird how it's not really touched on in history. We know the Berlin Wall falls and Soviet Union collapses, but. Well, nowadays they pick and choose. Correct. Like, well, it's not real history. What did that internal process, like, what the hell happened? How did right. that happen in three years? Insane. I don't think it was three years, but yeah. Insane to think about the second largest power in the world 
uh, the lar- I think they had one of the largest populations, largest landmass, and then gone. What do you think? I'll pull up uh, the tab with uh, his, uh, Sam's slides. There's a one side I want to hit on. Uh, so what do you think with that? I mean, in regards to what we were talking about, about how systems change. So the Soviet Three Union system years. was brittle, right? That's right. It was, it was brittle. So what's that, what's that mean? It was built weak. Well, it wasn't yeah, built was weak. Better, it just yeah. got weak over time because they consolidated control. Right. Which means eventually when control so consolidated, it's like when you have to when you always have to ask an attorney to do something. Yeah. Right. And you literally can't do anything without an attorney. So you're always reliant. But then you expound that. What if the attorney has an attorney, has an attorney, has an attorney? So you can't even make decisions. Right. That's bureaucracy. That's control. That's power. Right. That's how it could happen that quick. And so if that's happening here, what does that mean for us? If we're consolidating, if we're becoming more authoritative and then you have people poking at that. Right. While it's becoming more brittle. What does that look like? I have no clue. I bet you that's what happened with the Soviet Union. I bet it was like like you said, in a different way. Lawyer on top of lawyer on top of lawyer on top of lawyer. And within that, it just got crushed well, the because the structure wasn't there. Right. I mean, look, or there properly. were there were revolts in the 50s. Uh, people saying, I don't want to be a part of this. And the Russians crushed it. But then late 80s, 90s, they kind of peered their head up and were like, all right, let's try this again. And when nothing really happened, they're like, all right, we're good. <laughs> right. You know, but that took 50 years. Yeah. Right. Uh, go to uh, go uh, go slide down like on the Web page. Like go down. Just scroll down. It's under the video. Go down. Like scroll down. Yeah. Scroll down. Oh, down. on the thing. Sorry, no, there's another thing. Uh, that one right there. <clears throat> Can you uh, copy that or just click on it? There you go. Free Beacon Democrats meet the FBF parents. Yeah. Can you break this shit down? Um, I kind of talked about this earlier. So what's a little fishy and weird is, hold on, scroll down. Let me read this. Let me see if it's referring to what I think it's referring to. Mom. Yeah. So Bankman's mother, Barbara Freed tax expert whose scholarship focuses on moral philosophy and questions of distributive justice uh, was a part of a left-wing super PAC uh, and helped Democrats with funding and then Joseph Bankman um, undergraduate degree at Berkeley and law degree from Yale accordingly he helped Senator Elizabeth Warren write tax legislation who by the way Warren's of course very close with Gary Gensler head of the SEC um, so this is kind of tying back to what we were talking about maybe 20 minutes ago, just how Sam was very well connected and that tied up to his parents, right? Which was kind of what the fishy, that's like, that's what adds another layer to this story is, you know how we were talking about handlers? Yeah. Let me point out this one part. I mean, I, I don't know how reputable Reuters is anymore or the beacon. I just saw this. Yeah. So we weren't exactly shocked to read Tuesday's Reuters report indicating that Bankman and Freed appear to have been in on FTX scam. The two purchased, whatever that is, beachfront home in gated community that once home to British colonial fort built in the 1700s to protect against pirates. These warriors for distributive justice now tell the press through an unnamed spokesman, of course, paid for with God knows whose money, 
that they've been desperately trying to return the deed for their estate. They just can't figure whom to give it to. Noted house flipper, Elizabeth Warren, smiling somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is all that? Um, so when you're talking about handlers, what's interesting is given his parents' credentials, the question is, you know, what if his parents were just like, hey, Sam, you're going to start this company and this is what you're going to do, right? They're both really intelligent people. Uh, obviously. And so some kind of brain couple have, I guess, whatever that child looks like, right? And he's running FTX, which we've already kind of discussed. So obviously they had to have been involved. Uh, I believe it was his dad or his mom, maybe the mom since she was a tax attorney, developed FTX's infrastructure, which hmm. is like one of those huge graphs that I've talked to you guys about, right? So that's how he's, that's, that's how he's connected. Like, that's what's crazy is when he's going into bankruptcy, like each one of those entities is holding certain assets and liabilities and it's all farmed out through this, you know? Yeah. This, I mean, holy cow, like scroll wow. up and scroll down so people can yeah. see like all of it. Now scroll down oh, and like man. get a load of that. Yeah, so it, yeah, his parents. Look at those were, countries Gibraltar, geez, Cyprus. I've never even heard right? of half of them. Japan, Japan, Switzerland, Germany. Where the hell is in an analysis? Vietnam. Oh, Singapore. India, Jeez. West Realm Shires, Inc., Delaware. But look at what's all under the Delaware Corp. God. Isn't this insane? How do you even track this? Like, even if you're a genius, this is like one of those pictures that you see the, all the strings on the wall Delaware, and Delaware. all the pages Biden, you're like Biden. someone's going crazy isn't that where biden's at all the time yeah, Delaware. Del well he was the uh senator for delaware wasn't he yeah yeah delaware's his home and all you see is delaware but delaware i mean delaware's where all the cor big corporations are right delaware llc so uh i think that just ties back to you know that inner circle right and obviously he was a part of it lucky him Wow, and this guy's going to walk. Look at all these countries, man. Anyone else would be buried. I mean, beyond buried. Nigeria. And I like to say this is normal, but I don't think this is normal. Like, this is so elite. This is like, this is incredible. How do you keep track of that? Look at this. Island, island. Yeah, Jeez. BVI, Delaware, BVI, Antigua. And look at all the umbrellas. Umbrella, umbrella, umbrella. Probably through some killer parties, though, but... There's some great parties, this guy. Yo, but his parties did not have the type of people that you want to hang yeah, out yeah, with. Yeah. Well, 27 locations of affiliates, including UAE, Nigeria, Japan, and Antigua. Antigua, third-party investors. I mean, this is a mess. And this is in, like, two years. The guy who handled the Enron scandal is handling this now. Oh, boy. And he's oh like, this gosh. is the most complicated bankruptcy in the history of the u.s and for him to say that it's correct. some serious shit wow. correct isn't that wow. wild yeah, that's nuts that other article that i is that beacon thing uh pretty reputable i have no clue oh. well if it is it i mean the what it's talked a lot of about, sense with this obviously it has a bias it's nowhere near as good as what i've seen on twitter so all my information i've got is from these weird Twitter accounts like the the funny one that you guys had the autism capital. Yeah, go back to that, Rob. I love What's Twitter on slides uh, right there. You scroll down, scroll, scroll up. up. This one. So this Twitter account. Click on. I'll show this thread. See if I, it will take you there. Or maybe click right there. 
it's very ironic that one of the most reliable sources for this FTX drama has been from an account called Autism Capital. Like, what world do I live in that this is this is the source? <laughs> Isn't um, that kind of sick? It's terrible. But look, go click on it. Look at how many followers it has. Not the video. The video is pointless. Um, 182,000? Yep. And they've got a Discord. Please be patient. We have autism. It's terrible. Um but what's crazy is right. The real winner is this is in this are all the lawyers. So they were documenting the FTX thing pretty well. Um, and they were kind of doing it through open source information. So they were just having people comment and saying, what do you know? And then compiling that into Twitter threads. Mm. And so all this stuff on his parents was like coming from this account. And I was reading entire threads. I was trying to find them for you. Uh, but I, it was just, there's too much information out there now. More than any article I've ever read. I mean, we're talking about threads that are like 20 tweets long about the involvement of his parents and their ties and just deep dives. Wow. From a Twitter account with that name, right? But better than any article. But the problem is I can't Google that, right? I can't Google thread on, you know, like right. you have to essentially scroll through and find it and. So that that article, the Beacon article, was nowhere near the source that Twitter accounts like this were. So it, it almost sounds like his own parents put him up to it, and then he's going to take the hit for it, if there is a hit, which I don't think there will be, but the possibility of one. That's what it looks like. And if his parents put him up to it, that makes me think that he's not going to take the heat. It's got to be some mental management. It's got to be... You know, because I don't, he was the founder, but there was a CEO, COO, they got to lick somebody, right? right? And he's the face and he's the head, but I don't know yet to be seen. We got to check out the news cycle. Americans have a memory that spans about two to three months, right? Which is why during any election, all that matters is the two to three months before, really. Yeah. All the scandals, the economy. Listen, if gas prices drop right before, two months before the election and people are like, oh, well, it's not as bad. If the economy's doing just okay enough, you know. You know what I think will happen? I think some craziness will just suddenly appear to divert because they were all involved and this will be forgotten about, brushed under the rug. Like you said, three months. In three months, the gas will be up another dollar. Milk will be $15. Everything will be crazy. You know, another hurricane, another fucking mm -hmm. whatever, and this will be all forgotten about, and that will be that. That's you what only, I think. The only thing to we're watch out for is the externalities right so fallouts like this create externalities that government planners whoever are never prepared for and so that's what's always interesting to watch it's kind of like you know like how we funded uh the mujahideen to fight russia and afghanistan right. and then there the guys were fighting that's an externality right mm -hmm. we gave them all the greatest weapons and taught them how to fight a superpower that then they could fight us no problem. Right. right. So, so, so what I, are the externalities from this? I don't know yet. Well, I, what I would say it, it is is that other people with the same ability see that this can be done, and they're like, oh, so this can be done. Well, how can I do it better? That's hard, though, because this can be done if you have political backing. So, yeah, it can be done, but... Do you have the or can this only be done once and now the next money laundering scheme 
I mean, for campaign finance, the big thing was book deals. Everything moved into book deals. Are you aware of that? Yeah. So how publishers would buy a billion books from this author who's yeah. running for office. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it's an Amazon bestseller because the publisher bought all the books. Then everybody reads it. Well, Correct. Yeah. So that yeah. wasn't done. So books. Yeah. They found out a way to turn books into campaign finance. That, that's what I. That's why I said earlier. Right. Does it really matter who runs Correct. at this point in our in the the U.S.? Does it really matter? In my opinion, no. It right matters, now, no. It matters if you're connected to them and if they're your buddy. So well, no, I mean what what I'm saying is like the. Does it matter to this is what I think. I think it matters that you stay voting, even though I don't think it matters right now. I don't think it matters if I vote or you vote. I think that they're gonna have another way in twenty four to go like they just did with the the red wave was supposed to be the red wave. It still was a red wave, but they played it. They're gonna play something again in twenty twenty four, in my opinion. But sooner or later, they'll be caught in some way, shape, or form, and your vote will matter. So my fear is that people stop voting because of all the bullshit and then you don't have people voting because they're like, well, what's the point? But I do think in 24, there's no, I don't, I just think the same thing happens again. I don't see how you can beat them. Well, and regardless of, you know, what's fair and what's not fair and what's happening with what people think about elections. I mean, a lot of people have already given up with voting long time ago, before even 2016, 2012, yeah. there's, I mean, even still, like this election, I don't think more than 30% of Americans have ever voted, right? It's always like 30, 33. It's not even 50%. It's not even 50%, right, uh, who vote ever, right? So, and that's just been normal. Um, I was reading an article on that. I forget what it was correlating it to. Um, I think it was actually talking about how the more accessible we made voting, the less people voted as a percentage of the population, which was interesting and kind of makes no sense, right? You're allowing more people to vote, but the percentage of overall voting is going down. Um, but yeah, the trend of people to vote has only gotten worse over time, right? So I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if this mistrust in our electoral process is really going to change those numbers sometimes you can make people angry and now they're like well now you know i want to show them who's boss now i am going to vote right sometimes voting is based off winning so when you vote and your guy gets elected psychologically you're like i'm going to vote again because right. my vote actually mattered but when he loses then you're like man i guess my vote doesn't matter yeah right i agree with you so self-fulfilling prophecy or right? you win you win more um it's tough i don't know were you gonna say something wrong yeah, who do you think runs? Never, never said. Who's who's the who, who okay. versus who? Oh, on the Democratic I, side. I think. Uh, I think you have Trump. I think you'll have uh, Cruz again. I think you'll have uh, Governor Abbott in Texas is prepping. Maybe Abbott. I think you have uh, Arizona. What was her name? Carrie Lake. Lake. Carrie Lake. You think she'll run for president? Yeah, I think she's going to run. Um, on the Democratic side, well, I think I will think anyone primary? No one's gonna primary Biden unfriendly. Biden would have to step down. Yeah, be if he doesn't run, if he doesn't run, Bernie. Warren. Well, I mean, Bernie's definitely gonna run. Um, Warren will run. Booker will run. Kamala. I got the longest shot. I I think Michelle. 
I think Michelle Obama. If they, if they, if if, if Trump so. runs, and it's Trump versus Biden, and they have an inkling that there might be too much Trump power. No, maybe Michelle Hillary would run again. I think they tested her out. Maybe realized that that's not a good idea. What about the darkest of dark horses that I thought about? During this conversation, actually, when who you guys were talking that, about who could that possibly be? The darkest, and this is you heard it here first. <laughs> the darkest of darkest horses. Okay, let's bet on this. Uh, let, let man's bet. Who do you? All think right, I'll give you. I'll give you. About? I'll give you some clues. Just one. It's, hit. A, it's a male. Don't give it's a it a white male. White male. Uh, pretty young. I don't think he's old, but he's not. You know, he's not thirty. Bill Gates. Um, no. Okay, and, that would have been uh, my guess. Fuck. He's a name that a lot of people know. Uh, a lot of people. He's like a Trump. You know, they know him. They know him. Celebrity style. You, you oh, you're what? not going one of the Paul boys? No, 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 no. Is that your guess? I'm not going on those. Is that your guess? I guess no. I was wrong. No, that was not Some guy guess. that has been involved in politics recently uh, for the people standing up, helping people. Not John Morgan. No, no, no. Everyone thought he was going to run for governor here. Hold on, I, I get uh, 20 seconds here to think. I gave uh, you a lot of clues here. I yeah, thought about it during okay. this conversation. Right I was thinking about this. A young people. guy? Yeah, when I say young, he's... Not Elon Musk. He's in his 50s, I think. I don't oh, think he's 60s. Young, when I say young, young well, you're 50s. looking at like Biden and Trump who are like, you know, in their 80s. But We're in God's waiting room. Yeah. Not Trump, though. He seems fine. We're on some good shit. One or two. What do you think? Uh, I know. I, I, throw, I threw you here. Pence? Oh, Man, I think gonna he's going to run. He is going to run. Just turn that knife a little bit more into I, Trump. I'll just tell you. I jerk off. Who? John Stewart. Oh, John Stewart. Maybe he's a meme, but that guy's such a. The only reason uh, why I think that. Oh yeah, he. That, that's like saying Tucker Carlson will run, which is a real possibility, but. But I think I, I thought about it. Like he's so been making waves. They've Stewart. been putting him, you know, with the whole yeah. New York fire or the nine eleven thing, how he fought for the people and they got whatever put bill the money in there. Yeah, like that's like one of those. I think they were testing the waters with him, seeing how do how do people react to him? Can we pull this? Can we pull that? I'm not saying that's going to be the guy. I'm just you know, that's, that's like if Oprah were to run. Yeah, she probably would win. I mean, you have she could. You have uh, talking heads are interesting. Because yeah. uh, in a sense, Trump kind of laid the framework for that. He was a media personality, so now you know Carrie Lake would have been the same yeah. media media talking head. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if more media people used that power, but they have to be relevant. In my opinion, John Stewart's not relevant. Look at his ratings; like he's old news. My generation, yeah. my generation barely knows who John Stewart is. is. Like, uh, not that my generation votes, but that just means he's not in pop culture right now. I could see him running now. He's getting pretty deep into it. Have you heard him lately? He's been making no, headlines. like I said, no. Yeah, he's Where? making like, uh, I haven't post. seen this guy. Whatever avenues <laughs> he's on, it's completely separate than anything yeah, no. people yeah. in my generation are looking at. I, I don't think that's out of this I world. Just, I just think, I know, I was just not to win, about, but. Not, yeah. saying I'm, not saying that that's going to be the guy, but you think about, you know, you had the Arnold Schwarzeneggers of the world, you had. Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah, remember that? Guys yeah. That like, Jesse the Body Ventura. I mean, but. I think it will probably just, I think it will probably be what you had said. I think it will probably be Trump and Biden, and uh -huh. Biden will probably uh, win again. I've said I it mean, before. I want some younger dudes, man. Uh, other than that, other than that, I would say Michelle. Give me somebody younger. 
If Michelle Obama went, runs, it's over. Give me somebody it's, it's that has military service and is in their 50s. That's what I want. Yeah. That's but, what I'm going for. Served in the military and you're in your 50s. But who the hell wants that job? No. You're going to go in the military? Like, say you're like a Navy SEAL, went through all that shit, got your, you know, got drowned, suffocated. Now you're going to go and be the president and get tortured for hey, four years? There's a good <laughs> That's Have your yeah, reputation yeah, have as your a rep- Navy SEAL hero just Yeah, killed. there's a good guy that was in the Navy. I think he went to Yale. He might be in the governor of Florida right now. I'm not sure. Yeah, and then, then they... <laughs> just throwing it out there. Yeah, and then that guy, you know, pulled a shot and hit a fucking, you know, car in Afghanistan while, you know, machine gun bullets were coming at him and... You know, I don't know, blew up a building, and now that's out that he tried, you know. They'll who, find his Google search. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you were watching porn when you were 16 years old. So what happens in 2024? What's your prediction? As far as what? Who wins? I have no idea. You got That's what a prediction is. It's I a prediction. hate predictions. Uh, we can't, I can't even predict what's going <laughs> to happen two months from now. Do you think now. Biden runs again? Um. If things are very bad in 2023, I can see him stepping down and saying I'm just going to be a one-term president. Okay. And then who runs in place of him? It would be Kamala. Ooh. Because <laughs> the important... <clears throat> they, they, better are, have a lot, they better have one hell of a strategy on that one. Why are people like Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi so powerful and in power? Because power begets power, relationships beget relationships. So even if Kamala is awful, doesn't do anything, whatever negative opinion you have of her or positive opinion you have of her, all that matters is she's going to have been vice president for four years. That's four years of contacts. That's four years of power plays. That's four years of buying off favors. That's why Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton were so powerful. But at least Hillary Clinton can say a sentence. This woman doesn't even, I mean, she's terrible. Biden's not a good talker, and he's president. Yeah, they just want a puppet. Uh, Kamala's better at talking than Biden. Um, so if we're talking about upgrades, and then the only problem is Kamala's tied to Biden, so she'd be running on his track record, which might not be good. Although she could say, you know, we're going. Uh, it's a new face, new administration. We're doing things differently. Yeah, six right? seven months before election, she separates herself. Correct. You know. Goes against them. But that's only if things go bad. I mean, for all I know, Kamala's president right now, if she's Biden's handler, um, which is okay, maybe she's getting the dream uh, that she's wanting right now, staying out of the limelight but having control. Who knows? Um, You know, I think it all just depends on how bad things are in 2023. But I don't know. The world's a complicated place i can't predict how people are going to react like if the recession continues to get worse if oil gets super expensive we're just at the precipice of i think these mass layoffs and stuff like that maybe they just keep buying favors while the dollar's still relevant you you have a debt jubilee you know you pay off college maybe you start forgiving more loans maybe you start forgiving bank loans i mean if we're gonna decide money printing's the way to go I mean, just keep people happy. Increase food stamps, raise those limits, um, give more handouts. Scary. And you don't even have to raise taxes to do it, right? Yeah. You just print the money, right? And once again, if you're an American politician or, I mean, the rest of the world's going down with me, what do I have to lose? <laughs> Might as well keep my power, right? <laughs> True. So seriously, I mean, it, you think about just selfish incentives. Um, 
and that's for anybody in those positions of power. That's what I do. I mean, it's just interesting the dynamics uh, of figuring that out. But I don't know because the last couple of years, pretty much every prediction I've had has been pretty not great, <laughs> right? I mean, because once again, it's figuring out what's my gut, what's my gut telling me, right. right? And it's hard to tell what's actually my gut and what I'm trying to. So I'm, I never try to overthink it too much. Yeah. Normally, the simplest thing is the simplest thing, right? Um, if your gut told you, versus what could happen G- give two scenarios who do you think what what's the what's the well this, one i think it'll just be simple i think it'll just be trump and biden mm-hmm. right that's what your gut tells you yeah i don't think much will change we'll have a build up for that it'll be a rematch and if it's not biden i think it'll be hillary and i think hillary wants to run again i think she feels cheated blindsided she wants her name on that list of presidents it's not enough to be a senator it's not enough to be a loser she wants a rematch, and now that the fix is in, uh, she'll know she can win. Um, and so I don't see why she wouldn't. They still have, I mean, they're old, they're dying, but they still have the contacts. They still have the political the pool. She's on Twitter roasting all the time. So does your gut say Hillary Trump or Biden Trump? Um, I'm pretty equally both. What do you think? Who do you think the two will be? My John Stewart one's fun, but uh, no, <laughs> I I would like to see. Uh, you know, I think DeSantis for me. Um, I, I think the Democrats are going to push heavily for the guy from California, Newsom. I, I could see that. I think they're going to push him heavy, and I mean, I can't see him winning, but who knows? I mean, who the hell knows? Well, he was personally attacking DeSantis a lot, which was kind of a hint to that is why the California governor. Yeah. But that was kind of like a hey, you know, we have our own yeah. bright young guy who can take on. Fuck, he runs. I'm moving. I'll do the pod. We'll do the podcast from the <laughs> DR. We're gonna get a nice spot there for twenty five grand. Who if uh... if Newsom's in? Jeez, can you imagine him running, being president? California is an interesting oh place. My God. Yeah, I talked to some people that from that are in LA right now. Is it pretty bad? It's uh, horrible, horrible, horrible crime. Just the whole mass shit, can you know? Still, s- yeah, still regulations. Yeah, we just my but well, I've been I had watched them years ago, but this guy uh, Weston Boucher, he came in and he he would go to L.A. all the time. You know, he does like modeling for Rolls Royce Men's Health. Hmm. He won't even go to L.A. He moved to San Diego. It's so bad. I've heard that. I've heard San Diego is actually awesome. Yeah, out like, there he said it. He said it's a whole. It's like it's like you're in Texas, pretty I much. Hear that. Oh, the people yeah. are like. California sucks. San Diego's cool. It's yeah. not like the rest. Uh, I'm like, hmm. yeah. No, I flew him in. He flew from San Diego to here, and I said, San Diego. I thought you were in L.A. He goes, No, it's horrible. It's absolutely, it's nuts. He's like, San Diego's like Texas. The rest of California is like it was two years ago. You know, he was exaggerating, kind of yeah, joking, yeah, but course. it's still bad, bad, bad. So, last question: Who's gonna win the Super Bowl? I'm not even watching it. Just pick a fucking team. Tampa Bay, baby. Tom Brady, Brady, bring it back. I know you're going through a divorce. You can't pick the Eagles. It's the Eagles. Man, I feel so bad. Uh, He stays another season. He's great for Tampa, but with FTX and with his playing and now divorce, I feel for that, man. I feel for those kids. I feel so bad. Get him a fucking line. If he gets a good line again. 
He's better one. And the heat, He's old. The Heat Arena still does not have a name now because it was the FTX Arena. Are you serious? Was it? Oh, yeah, wow, it was I didn't even realize yeah, that. Yeah, so, right, yeah. Um, so now, uh, uh, <laughs> face describes I mean, it all. Uh, there was a uh, wow, that's big. Thirty thousand dollar bid or thirty thousand? Listen to me. Thirty million dollar bid for naming rights. Uh, somebody put up thirty million. Yeah. They haven't uh, picked the name yet, but uh, bangbros.com dot com put thirty million dollars. <laughs> that's the the porn. The porn. The porn website. The BBC. Darina. Oh my god. <laughs> that would 30 be 30 million. They said we'll pay 30 no million dollars. <laughs> they there's did. They put up 30 million dollars. Show them. Show it's em. not it's yeah. not before we let him out. Show them. before we let him out of the hand. Yeah, hey before you leave, we're going to make you look at this. watch this. And you know what? If if it was that, they would probably be sold out for a year just because of the fucking day. Oh, and boy. you know I was wrong. No, I'm not wrong on this. Uh they put up 10 million, not 30 million. Okay. That's still Bang for a bang bros bid ten million for Miami Heat Arena. And did rights. they really say they were going to name it? Oh, uh, with American Airlines rights set to expire at the end of the year. Oh my Miami goodness, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, BBC. the BBC proposing to rename the arena <laughs> the BBC. Fans of both the Miami Heat and Bang Bros have taken to Twitter to join on the numerous adult-themed innuendos that could come along with a new name. Reports claim that the world's best porn site has allocated $10 million in hopes of taking over the stadium sponsorship rights. And while many claim the bid might be nothing more than a publicity stunt, the company did take to social media to formally announce their proposal. We have officially submitted $10,000 bid for the naming rights for the Miami Heat Arena. <laughs> There's no way the city's going to allow that. There's that no would way. be funny as hell, though. No way. No way. Well, at least we ended on a laughing joke. Yeah, right? what? <laughs> <laughs> of all the things, I know. I'm glad we that. was a good pull, that. Rob. A good pull. All right, Sam, man. Thank you for educating us dummies on all this stuff. Right. And uh, I do feel better about the Bitcoin, at least. The rest of the shit, I was right. I, I wanted to say I was right about everything, but not that. You were right about 99%. There you but, go. But Bitcoin. Good enough. And you were right about Bitcoin. There you go. Awesome, man. Anytime you come into town, let me know so you can swing in. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having Thanks me Thanks for on, always Tommy. being a friend since day one. You bet. Appreciate it, brother.